going to be so impressed. I have no idea what I'm going to say, though, but you're going to be impressed by it. Welcome to Straight to the Point, completely off topic. Your host, Kyle Dunbar, here with our friend Mark Matthews. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing lovely, brother. How about yourself? I think I'm doing okay because uh, Candy's always on my butt, as you just heard, a little behind the scenes uh, about putting, about getting my intro right. And I almost did just now. So that's like the best I've done so far. I'm proud of myself. She'll let me know. <laughs> Brother, uh, a fellow Ink Master contestant, but you're kind of one of the grandfathers of Ink Master. You're, you're uh, first, second season. Second season, yeah. I'm like that great uncle or some shit. <laughs> and, the, and and as the great uncle uh, today, though, you were just rolling around with a bunch of sweaty guys somewhere. Is that that's what you're into uh, nowadays, uh, right? Man. Uh, yeah. Normally on Sundays, I go to <laughs> um, uh, an open mat at a gym about uh, uh, an hour away. But yeah, I think I, I, my tattoo ran late today, man. One thing piled on another on my day. And here we are. Oh, now. you didn't even get to. Yeah, no, I didn't even get to it today, but that just means I'm going to wake up early and hit the boxing gym tomorrow. Right on. Well, I wanted to make fun of you about it uh, from a safe distance, you know, <laughs> away from you. So I was going to make a bunch of, you know, homophobic references to, to the thing that you enjoy to do. But really, uh, and people probably know it if they remember you on the show, you look like you take somebody's head off. But you, you were an MMA fighter for some time, and now you're just training everything or are you still competing? Well, uh, man, last, uh, last November I competed in a boxing match here in Daytona and it was my first ever boxing event. And, uh, man, you're going to try and go uh, after Jake Paul, huh? Man, you know what? If that never popped up, bro, it's an opportunity. I would hop all over that kid's a, that kid's a genius, bro. To be four fights in four or five fights into his career, bro. And that made multi-million paydays. Like I can't, yeah. Yeah, he's obnoxious as fuck, but it's working for him, bro. Like, dude, uh, I I feel exactly the same. It's almost hard to have that kind of kind, but but we both are kind of. We've been watching this. We under we we like fights. We like fight uh, promotion and all that stuff. So we see how he's kind of shortcutted everything, uh, and and a lot of people just see him being annoying and trying to say he's bad for the business or that he's just using fighter pay as a crutch so he can be the dick. But I say, and I think you do either way. It's definitely like, I didn't know as much about fighter pay until he started complaining about it, whether he's doing it for his own gain or not. Yeah, absolutely, bro. And on top of that, take a look at what he pays the people that he works with, bro. The cats that he throws on his cards, he pays them pretty decent. You know what I mean? Like I know Amanda Serrano, she was getting like 500 racks a fucking fight, bro. As a okay. yeah, you know what I mean? That's unheard of, bro, for a female. So how did you do with with taking away your wrestling and just having your fists? No, no hey, it was fun, bro. Like, like you I'm, won then. I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you a, didn't get beat up like your head didn't hurt as much. Is that is that also what I <laughs> no, bro? You know, it's funny. The next morning I woke up, bro, and my jaw and my neck were sore as fuck. And uh, I had actually talked to. Uh, a coach at one of the gyms that I go and train at and I was telling him about it and he goes yeah you know what that is he was like that's fucking whiplash and I was like what he was right like, I was like wow yeah from your head getting beat backwards right yeah man there was there was one point in the fight I got hit with a like I got hit with two punches 
and I was looking straight at the ground. And there's no point in time that I would purposely choose to look straight at the ground. So I knew my head got knocked <laughs> into that position. And I just was right. like, oh, you know, like regroup, regroup. But yeah, like it was a man, it was it was a fun, bro. It was fun. I want to do it again. I'm gonna do it again. I'm trying to <laughs> part, bro. I'm trying to do that that BKFC shit. I got I went uh-uh, to the, really bro. I got picked. I, I went to the tryouts, I got picked. You know what I mean? So and which is uh, we got viewers, so BK B- bare knuckle uh fight championship yeah. or something? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bare knuckle okay. boxing. So, like, tell me this. So there's the theory of boxing it beats people up unconscious actually let me say this we got people listening we're going to get to some ink master stuff guaranteed because me and mark have known each other for a long time we actually met during casting okay we did not meet during casting but i saw you in line (laughs) and i remembered you got on i didn't get on that season but i'm also interested in in fights let tell me so 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 give me the theory behind bare knuckle fighting you possibly get less brain damage am i right Absolutely, man. Like, okay, when I first started sparring, when I first started training and sparring in MMA, like I wouldn't get hit in the head a lot. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then the first time that I was pretty well extensively into my MMA career, and I went and sparred with a, a decorated boxer. I mean, a junior Olympian, a cat coming up through the ranks to be a pro or as as a young pro. And um, I sparred five rounds with this cat, bro. And I got three minutes. Yeah, bro. Yeah, three minute rounds. I got hit in my head more in three minutes in those five rounds than I had in five or like three months of MMA sparring. And, <laughs> right and bro, like, tell you, man, like that, like that dude was such an effective puncher that with those big ass gloves, I would get punched in the front of my face and feel a white flash in the back of my head, bro. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> like it, 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 you know, those moments get pretty crazy. But um, that, that was probably the worst damage I've ever taken because, like, w- he was levels above me. I was just tough enough to deal with what he gave, which is why I was t- sparring with him. And, but now uh, that kind of beating on you is going to hurt your brain more because it's such repetition absolutely. than a possible quick knockout from a bare knuckle fight. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. So the, the glove creates a bigger collision with creates more inertia. A fist is more of a collision that will that it's sharp it's at a point so you might get more superficial damage you might get your face split open but you're right gonna, you might get more broken jaws or less broken jaws um man i, I honestly haven't seen too many broken jaws in bkfs okay. i haven't watched uh, you know it's an exciting i've watched uh one or two fights, but I haven't, I just haven't been able to get it as much. And, you know, you spend so honestly, you know, you spend so friggin' much money just to watch UFC fights that I don't really get to watch too many Bellator or, uh, or, or bare knuckle fight championship. The BKFC app, bro. It's, it's, it's only four ninety nine a month and you get the whole catalog that they've ever had in every event live as it happens, bro. Five bucks a month, brother, four ninety nine. I get to watch old fights too. Yeah, yeah, it, it, bro. Any any BKFC card that's ever happened, you can see that. Any BKFC event, tryout, whatever, fucking weigh in, press conference. Wow. Yeah, all that. It's all on the app. That is pretty cheap, really. Yeah. I mean, for con- considering what your comp- competition is, what's it, sixty bucks for uh, every two months to watch a UFC? Yeah, 
bro, twice a month. They're, they're having uh, pay-per-view events pretty much twice a month now. Right on. I'm glad for it, though, because really, what, why is the UFC better than Bellator? Why is it, it like Bellator pays better? Am I wrong? Well, man, you know what? Like, bro, give free agency a few years to shake out with, like, to me, man, a sleeper organization is 1FC. Have you, are you 1FC? Yeah, one fighting. Yep, yep. I've heard of them. Yeah, they're, they're out of uh, China or something, though, ain't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe, oh, Japan. Japan. I Japan? Believe. Okay. But, yeah, bro, like, like, there's some, like, world-class talent there for sure. Like, Demetrius what? Johnson from the UFC went there, bro, and he's lost a few fights. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he got knocked out by their – he went to, he fought their champion for the belt, and their champion knocked him out. But he was a champion. Uh, no, he got beat before he left UFC. Right? Yeah, yeah. Hudo. Uh, but he was – okay. Split decision. Before, Demetrius Johnson used to fight for Bellator, right? Uh, no, fuck. No, WEC. Okay. Right on. I thought I thought there was a chance I might have seen him fight because we we watched a kid on a on a on a Johnson card for Bellator back when Jimmy Smith was um was commenting for him. But oh, yeah. at any rate, I'm excited about all that. Uh, I appreciate you breaking down the science for me and why it's better to get hit with bare knuckle. I don't want to get either of them. <laughs> but uh, but let's get into Ink Master. Some people really, they, you know, they're just going to be listening for that. So then they can cut yeah. off early, you know, and I don't have to say, hey, skip ahead. But but we're going to catch up about uh, the fighting. I don't man. I got a lot of questions about like the pen fight. And anyways, but let's go on. You cast for Ink Master season two. Did you cast for season one? No, no. Well, I never okay. even knew for season one. Then, then you just heard the people were on it. Did you know anybody on season one or not? Nah, nah. You know what's funny, bro? The first time I ever watched Ink Master, the first thing I thought was, damn, I can make it to this show. And I was like, I wouldn't do that bad. Like, I realistically, I was like, man, I probably wouldn't win the whole thing, but I'd be on long enough for people to know who the fuck I am. And I right. was like, cool. And uh, yeah, it wasn't even me that signed up for it, bro. My uh, the, my ex-wife, she um, she would keep uh, we we used to live in my place in Sacramento. She wanted to move back into her parents' home in the Bay Area. Granted, her parents had a fucking big, beautiful house, three-story house, uh, um, like seven bedrooms, like thousands of square feet, like a handful in, of away from in the, the Bay Area of yeah, California. Area. But uh, it was yeah, yeah, that's pricey. Yeah. Pacifica, near Pacifica, a small little beach town called Montera. And uh, man, like I've been the man of my house since I was 15. So the trade-off, she was like, look, if we go in the back of my parents' house for a year, make our money and get our money right, you know, and then make some life moves from there. She goes, you don't even have to tattoo and you can fight full time for that year. And at the time I was on a cool little undefeated streak. I was doing well in my career. And uh like I had a management company, all kinds of stuff. And I was, you know, training at a world-class gyms. And like, man, that was something that I really wanted to accomplish. Like it was ultimately my goal to get into the UFC. And uh, so like I, I finally had a And she was like, at the end of that year, we'll see where you're at in your fight career. And if it's a pipe dream or if it's something that's still realistic. And I was like, fuck yeah. So 
we moved to the Bay and that's what we started doing. And while we were in the Bay, I watched Ink Master for the first time. And as I was watching it, I was like, man, I would absolutely make it to this show. And next thing you know, like we were talking about it, she was like, you should try out for it. And I was like, man, the show's like, this show's so cracking, it's going to be around for a while. Let me get to get get to the UFC and it'll be an even bigger deal by the time I get to the show. Like it was weird, bro, in my head, there was no doubt. Once I saw Ink Master, there was no doubt that I was going to get onto that show. And right then, on. Um, after a while. But go ahead. You were, you were prepared to wait, though, until you got a shot at the UFC. She yeah. must have been the impetus. She signed you up or something. She casting yeah. came to Cali or what? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. They went down there, did a little on-camera interview and all that stuff after, and fuck. Fast forward to here. I thought that you were living in New York City when. So you were living in Cali then. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't move. To New okay. York. So fuck. Well, like about a year after uh, my season aired. Okay. <laughs> That just for, and that's the first place I really ever met you. We hung out. Oh yeah, was in yeah. a Frank shop in Long yeah. Island, right? Yes, yeah, sir. Or no, Staten no, Island. Island, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And that was a cool little stop in the story. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, um, from watching the season to then meeting and tattooing with you, you had progressed dramatically like just like you said you if you were on season one you know you could have done good you probably wouldn't have beat shane o'neill um but when when you came in there on season two you kind of ended up somewhere in the middle of it too right kind of like yeah. you would have thought yeah but i think you probably would have done better on season one because there was a little bit less talent there but now when i see you when i saw you in new york you had just done some tiger man and that thing was so that thing jumped off the skin. I mean, orange and black always does, but you, you would showcase some of your, uh, your line work had really tightened up a lot, your color at all and your saturation. At yeah, any man, rate. Well, well, but man, what, so when it came time to get on the show, I hadn't even tattooed for like the first three months of that year. Cause I, no, Oh damn. We didn't even go start our season to start filming until like June. Yeah, bro. So I hadn't even, since January, I hadn't tattooed. <laughs> and in the fight right before filming, bro, I broke and dislocated my tattoo hand thumb in a fight. That can't be good. Yeah. and uh, I've never had to tattoo with a broken hand, but I think it would suck. Well, man, it wasn't the hand. It was just the thumb. And like, you know, your thumb pretty much <laughs> braces. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bro, just like, your thumb. Like, just the thing that separates you from all other animals. <laughs> well, you know, just the self-talk. I have the minimizing self-talk I have to have with myself to cope with these things, you know? <laughs> right on. Right on. No, that, yeah, I can imagine that would hold you back for sure. Fucking A. I figured that it might have been that you progressed possibly because you almost thrust yourself into a higher echelon of tattooing. Oh, and, and absolutely that, bro. Absolutely that. Like, okay. I felt like I was a decent tattooer from where I was from. But then once I got out there in the ocean, bro, out of that small yeah. pond, it was like, yeah. fuck. So, bro, I just hit that convention scene, put my head down and fucking listen to anybody who had any game to give and look yes. at okay. watch cats. You know what I mean? Just watch cats. I do do things that that i admired bro like because yeah. i feel like um i I've, I've said that a lot about my own experience with tattoo conventions was that uh, as soon as you started doing them 
you realize that if you thought you were anything back home, you were just a big fish in a small yep. pond. And yep. then when you got out to the show, there were a lot of little fish too, just like you, you know, so you didn't feel uncomfortable, but there were, there were sharks out there, you know, there was yeah. some big ass fucking fish. And like, when you see that gap in that talent, you want to do everything you can to make that up. And for me, yeah. bro, I felt like if I was going to have the recognizability that Ink Master gave me, then I need to get the fucking, the, the overall skill level up to, to match that. Not, yeah. not even match that, but somehow I earn it. You know what I mean? Cause like TV is cool, but fuck that is a shortcut. You know what I mean? It, it was supposed to be a showcase, but if it showcased your failures, the best way that you can handle that is just put your fucking head out and, and, and tackle that shit. You know what I mean? Learn from them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, and then be a better, see, I was figuring for myself, uh, the, the going on the competition, I had already gone and started doing conventions. Um, and you know, they're tough, man. They're tough to make it. And so like, it would help to have a name. So I knew that would help me get through the convention circuit but i also saw it kind of like uh like if you become a black belt in karate or whatever you're really not a black belt until you go to a tournament you know until you really get a chance to test your shit and i felt like ink masters was a better um showcase of testing because you got feedback from the judges and yep. it, in, instead of going to a tattoo convention where you just did you did you get the shiny piece of plastic or not? You know, did you get the marble trophy, <laughs> the, the faux marble trophy right. <laughs> or, or did you not get it? You never know why you did or didn't. You know, you just see the tattoos. Hey, bro, I'd say like two out of every three tattoos I do when I'm finished, I look at it and I'm looking I look at it through like if I was being judged, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it makes it, you know, it, it makes it, it, man, it definitely pushes your progress, but it makes it hard to appreciate it at the same time. Cause you become like, I, I find myself being so critical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does it ever become, uh, it, it almost stifles your ability to make choices properly, yeah. like with confidence absolutely and, and man if there's any corner that i've just turned lately like or you know in recent times it's just making those choices and sticking with it bro you know what i mean right because right. sometimes have you made a choice and then made a different choice halfway through that choice and then tried to see if you could put that <laughs> choice into the last choice but then, you know, what first choice was that better so let's just you know what i mean it like, sounds like my bowling game <laughs> It does, dude. Like, I'll start out and I'll be like, I'm going to try and line up these two arrows. You know, I got a rudimentary understanding of the geometry and I can throw a little bit of a hook. I'm no no pro. And then so I'll line up those first couple of arrows and I'll start to go this way or that. But I'm not consistent enough that, it, that, it, that I should change anything. Right. But then I begin thinking, OK, well, that needs to be changed. So I slightly go over on these ones. I just, and then I'm just dancing around all night trying to hone it in and never get it really right. I feel like, um, I don't know, is tattoos like that at all? <laughs> One of those moments where um, you're coloring in the nautical star and you get around on the pattern and you realize you're going to have two black sections next to each other. Hey, but then all you got to do is figure out a, freak, a, a dope way to freak the rest out. As long as you're not too far into the tattoo, you could be like, oh, yeah, that's just how this is. <laughs> you, you've done it before, too? 
Yeah. <laughs> and had to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we, I I see so if you if you're at home and you don't know nautical star is a five pointed star and then it's gonna have each side one's open one's solid you know it's yeah. just like a negative space and when you start doing that pattern it seems like it's going to be so easy right you're just going to hit the same one every time but it kind of yeah. changes and you start filling them in and i used to put a dot in the in the proper one right away i would like this one's going to be black 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 i would do a little x okay yeah, same th- same theory. You see, and I still I remember one time I was coloring in one section and I looked at the dot in the open space. <laughs> I'm like, why is there a dot in the open? Oh no, no. Even though I put that dot there, it's still that's when you try and sell them on some whip shading, like you said, huh? Yep, yep, yep. It, we're we're gonna make this one look like it's deteriorating. What do you think about a broken one? <laughs> <laughs> what if it was made out of stone and it had a big crack right there? Right, right, man. You want to you want to make sure it has some character, bro. You know what I mean? Like you don't want it to be all feminine and perfect and sharp points. <laughs> I yeah. I I uh man, this got me thinking of mistakes I've made tattooing recently now. I shouldn't even talk about mistakes I've made, but I'm gonna because <laughs> I have a relatively good excuse. We're me and Al Fliction were tattooing on that boat on the on the cruise ship. Yeah, how and, was it? Uh, it's awesome, but it, it, the ocean's got waves, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> like, about, about. <laughs> oh, you should go on. Definitely. Any artist. I would, bro. Yeah. I just don't have to do what I have to do to go fucking do it. Yeah, just apply. Uh, I mean, I think they need it. It's a unique enough thing. If your times work out properly, it doesn't hurt that you're on Ink Master, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, well, man, Sarah reached out to me for it a while back. But just part of what you had to do to be able to go, I was like, yeah, I'm not willing to do that. Oh, you but you got you had to get vaccinated and all that. Yeah, 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 bro. And I'm good on you, all that. You had to keep your testicles. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, man, bro, like not not, not to make that kind of uh, conversation, but man, just like ever since all this shit came, bro, like my sixth sense doesn't tingle often, bro. And, and <laughs> no, that one made it. Yeah, bro, your spider that, sense was going off. Yeah, bro, just leave that alone. You know what I mean? Well, if it's any consolation to you, I got vaxxed now three times. I'll do it a fourth because I'll eat that shit. Pfizer ain't got nothing on me. They can't. They wish they could. Can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've already had my nuts snipped, though, so I don't know about none of that. You know, I don't know if all of a sudden my swimmers didn't work. I still right. ended up catching COVID, but it was nothing. I didn't even know I had it except my son got started coughing. He didn't get the booster. So I think it hit him a little worse than it hit mom and I. And uh, so we all tested and, but yeah, I was still pretty good. I I got a little dizzier going up on a ladder because I kept, I still worked on my living room while I had the COVID and stuff, but I did notice I got a little dizzy, but then again, sometimes I just get dizzy. I smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. I feel I (laughs) I shouldn't be climbing ladders all the time. But uh, I, I guess so. You, you, I think you would still need to get vaccinated to go on. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I think even now with it slowing down. Yeah. yeah. Not doing it, huh? Yeah. Dude, it was fun. It was fun. We went for two weeks, uh, 14 days, uh, three trips. So it was like back at, back to port to Miami twice. 
And then we went back out. And then the last time we got off, didn't come back. So three times, I guess, Miami, actually. Pretty sure that's what it was. You stayed pretty busy. Yeah, I did. I did. I did really good. <laughs> I, I was like financially because another yeah, thing, you you got all your food taken care of, you know, you, you ain't right. got to worry about nothing really unless you're drinking a bunch of alcohol. And I really don't drink that much, you know, Yeah, neither. Long and short, dude, it was a blast. I got to tattoo on the waves. I was doing a little bit uh, paper airplane <laughs> and uh it, you know, little fine line. This girl wants it so dainty right. and she wants it in the most awkward spot on her wrist. And to make it even better, all three of them are going to get the exact same one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and like at the same time, though, I mean, it's $250 for 15 minutes. Yeah. So absolutely. like it, this is a $250 literally a bitty paper airplane. Right. right, right. So they're going to be worried about it. I'm worried about it. And we're on fucking waves. <laughs> but there, there was one line that uh, like I just hit and then the very end of it didn't really go all the way to the end. And I, I, I asked her if she, how she liked it, you know, and I, I kind of liked it. It was almost artistic, but it wasn't like all of her friends. <laughs> they, all their lines went all the way over, you know, and right, even with right. a little bit of shading, it, 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 uh, it didn't make it. Uh, right for in her mind so she was like could you just do that there and I'm like yeah uh-huh <laughs> sure right. enough man we go over one of them big ones right there and I'm like okay fuck <laughs> what that whole that, that one whole line was a little thicker than everything else I was stuck in that one spot that swamp ass spot where you're like okay now what do I do do I yeah. fatten up yeah. every line in this tattoo now that would make it acceptable However, she's going <laughs> to look at her friends. And, yeah, yeah. She had already talked about how she likes these dainty lines. Like, well, one of these lines is not so dainty. One of these lines is not doing the same thing. Well, you got it on a boat. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, 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 I hate to come to that level of understanding, but, you know, we're on a boat. Did you do any large pieces on there? Um, one piece on, a, uh, on one of the dancers there. Uh, is the gayest piece I've ever done. It was really cool, though. It was really pretty tattoo. Um, this gay kid. So, of course, he wants... Well, I mean, it doesn't mean, of course, he wants something gay. But he was... Dude, there were so many um, <laughs> sexual... Oh, I won't call them deviants, but, uh, like, on the sexual spectrum, every your all bases was covered. That's how I felt. Right. <laughs> like, at least on the first ship. Like uh, the first time we went out, there was a bunch of swingers and pineapple people, like upside down pineapple people on doors. You go past their door and there'll be like an upside down pineapple, which means uh, that they swing. And oh, I don't know oh, if that just means like knock and come on in or what. Right, right. We, we kept walking. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they are. Uh, and then the most fucked up thing about that, though, most of the swingers were all like threes trading threes and stuff, you know. Oh, or, wow. or some of them were like, you're like, no, nah, you're you're you guys aren't swingers so much as you're a gay guy and she likes dick and you're married somehow. It works. <laughs> I get it. Right. that You love hanging out. But, dude, you're gay. <laughs> I've I've met gay guys before and uh, and and none of them can rock a halter top as good as you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like the dude had a, a rug. He, he was uh, he had a Rugrats like a Tommy, I think, was the character halter top. 
but I think it was really like maybe a pajama that was maybe for somebody smaller, but not really because I bet like a kid I was thinking, but not really because I bet that it is really like a halter top for fashion or anyways look hey, fabulous hey, hey, fucking look, look fabulous pressure on you didn't he look at you you remember the- <laughs> <laughs> well uh, no that, they did the whole everybody there made quite an impression on me that was the number one thing though was that like um he, he, I'm, I, yeah i'm not naming names i can say it he and his wife were not attractive <laughs> you know yeah. in, in any stretch of the imagination but they were swingers and they were all talking with other swingers. And it seemed to me like there had to be awkward moments where somebody is just like, no, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I think that's so funny. But what if somebody like you go and you knock on the door at the pineapple door, right? And you knock on the door and they just open up for a second. They're like, oh, no, it never was. <laughs> yeah no we didn't order a pizza man no i'm here for the party yeah no 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 pizza no thanks shut the door slam oh uh, anyways back to the stink master <laughs> i th- I think uh the i was getting to an idea of of ink masters being like a karate tournament of tattooing almost, you know, where you got to test to see where you're at and it also helped you set your sights on where you needed to be Right, right. I feel like I saw you definitely achieve that. But have you been fighting as much? I mean, you got you you were tattooing today, you said. So you're still yeah. tattooing. No, tattooing, man. You know what? Like, so at the time that I was fighting, I, I, there were times I did allow fighting to become the primary focus. But at this point in time, man, like whatever I'm doing has to be complimentary to, to my tattooing because, I mean, that's the breadwinner. You know what I mean? And like, like, honestly, part of the reason I fight is just to motivate myself to stay in that type of shape because shit, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to age, bro. <laughs> How old are you? You're as old as me. You're like 45, something like that, yeah, aren't you? I'll be 47 next month. Oh, you're, yeah, right on. I'm 47. I think I'm 47, 47, 48, maybe. <laughs> I'm somewhere in there. I might be beating you. But then I, I completely understand because I've le- recently lost I'll desire. I don't give a fuck about working out, man. Uh, maybe if I saw people that wanted to beat my ass at the gym more often, or that could beat my ass. I think I've come to the point now where I just accept that a lot of people can beat my ass and I better <laughs> learn to talk my way out of some shit, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> I'm going to try being nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I want to, I mean, I really hate it, but I have to, I, no other choice. You're all just doing this to disarm you, man. I fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. you. Yeah, I, ha- I hate it, but I have to be nice to you. So, uh, how does that affect you, though? You're out. You, you've always been nice. If I've never seen you blow up, we've been on the on the road. Do you get a lot of your anger out in the gym? Then, oh, it, yeah, absolutely, bro. Like, like, look at it like this, bro. I'm an adult who still roughhouses. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, yeah. it, like, man, if I'm having a bad day, bro, I go to the gym, spar, you know what I mean? I'm trying to take somebody's head off just like he's he's consenting to allow me to do so while he's trying to do the same to me. You know what I mean? So it's like, man, it's all kinds of tests. Like, you have to be so present in that moment that, yeah, you are expending all this negative energy, but are you letting this negative energy consume you enough to where it distracts you in this moment of fucking urgent interaction? You know what I mean, bro? Like, yeah, like it, it like negative deep. energy of, of of stuff outside of the fight. 
Or you yeah, mean, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. And, and, the, and man, like I channel all that energy and I get to like, I feel like negative energy can cause you to explode. You know what I mean? It could cause you to implode. So imagine if you just take that negative energy and you do something explosive with it now. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. But then if you don't have it, then you, then you going to definitely explode a bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you so got to like, keep training. Did you, so, you, you make a ticking time bomb? Yeah, bro. It's therapy. <laughs> it's a hey, bro. Okay. Like, real, it's the fucking greatest therapy in the world. If you're cut like that, it's the greatest therapy in the fucking world. Right. On. I don't, I don't know that I've ever been good at getting punched in the face. I've never liked it. And I, well, I've been good at it. I'm really good at getting punched in the face. I'm not, I'm not so good at guarding. And then uh, when, I, when I did finally get any kind of training, it was in jujitsu and then, and then wrestling. It wasn't jujitsu, it was judo back in the day. And then right. we did wrestling. And uh, when you get to in the streets and you get in a real fight with one or more people, which is the worst, and you try to pin a motherfucker, right. <laughs> you, you realize real quick the ref ain't stopping shit. <laughs> the judo would work well though man because all those hip throws all those bro oh, yeah. judos, bros well it, I mean? it could get me in a winning position you know but not in a like i've never i, I never was able to uh put my fists into it so hot like there's a there's a there's a sure art to punching you know this right and, uh, I've, I've certainly gotten better about it but i've never gotten in a fight with punches since either uh-huh <laughs> you're like uh-huh that's weird kyle but i don't fight <laughs> you know what i mean i don't spar a few tussles right right well well nowadays i don't know it it can escalate dude i don't know i even did it this weekend i didn't i didn't mean to but i did fucking somebody was literally trying to get under my skin but he had me so angry dude like maybe i do <laughs> maybe i need a gym so that i could be like just let that roll off my back. But you know, when somebody's got you angered and uh, then they try to point out to you, they're like, Oh, why are you so angry? That makes right. you angry, huh? And you're like, motherfucker. So you're just happy to make me angry about that shit. And you think that's just going to slide. You think that's the way it's <laughs> right. Right. But at that point too, if you punch them, man, at our age, I think we're going to jail. When I get to be 65 or something, I bet. I bet I could avoid jail punching people. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe that's it, the cutoff age. That's not, just like when you're a juvenile, you get away with things more so than being an adult. Once you get become a senior citizen, you get things, you, you get that privilege back. Yeah. If you got like yeah. a colostomy bag and a walker, you can just go around punching people. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> just punch and be like, he was in my way. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was in line. Up. <laughs> like, I don't care. God damn it. <laughs> I'll spray shit on you out of my class me bag. <laughs> um when when you cast for Ink Master, you had to fly out to New York then, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. After yeah, yeah. Okay. Dude, if that's you, a big dedication. Did you make the did they pay for you to fly out there? And they yeah, wanted to cast you there? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you were already there like a shoe in. Yeah, yeah, dude. I seen you. I seen you in there. You're in a, you, you. You stand out of a crowd, even among all of us tattoo art. You, you had know, the funny. red shock of hair, didn't you? Uh, no, I don't think I had it then. Because yeah, no, I didn't have it. Because I used to. I was getting ready for. A, I was two weeks out from a fight when I went and did the casting call, 
and uh no or i was a few weeks out from a fight and then um i only do my hair for the fights and this is the thing so when 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 they hit me to be like hey you're definitely on the show they were like we need you to do your hair the same and i was like what do you mean and they're i was like with all the lines and shit they're like no the red the, you know the red and i was like man i only do that for my fights and i was kind of superstitious you know what i mean i was like i want all my fights so that's all i do it for and they were just basically like well if you don't do that then you're not on the show and i was like all right oh, wow. yeah they they i had to um agree that they could change my hair and all that and they ended oh, up doing that yeah, because me and Joey uh, Hamilton had the same kind of haircut, and he was he was like, I ain't changing shit. You know, I get it styled by, I don't know, like Vidal Sassoon. I don't know who he uses, right. but it's somebody with Paul a name. Personally. Yeah, Paul Mitchell. Yeah, he's like, Paul Mitchell does my hair, comes and cuts my tips every other week. It's, um, So I had to get my hair, and they were going to uh, put, they were going to frost my tips because I, I uh, Cause I went pretty boy had my hair frosted for my wedding. So they saw my wedding photo. You're like that guy, the guy that looks like he's from Miami vice, that guy. Um, <laughs> so, but then the girl was from long Island and she was, didn't have that. She was like, I'm not, I don't have time to do all this frosted. So she put a streak of uh, blonde in my hair. Right. Yeah, very right, similar right. to your right. own. Yeah. And then she gave me his poly D blowout. Like she, I'd never heard of a blowout. She so she was just saying, then we're just going to blow it out. <laughs> like when I looked at my hair, dude, it looked like I had, a, um, like I had a, a, a like James Brown kind of, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like perm, like I had some kind of straightened perm. Oh, it's terrible. Right, right. But at any rate, I had to There's grease that all down. That bitch. There was a lot of hairspray in that bitch, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> what, in the blonde hair? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it'll fly away on you. You got to do the same with your hair, I imagine. Oh, yeah. When I had to, that, to get yeah. the red in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. L listen to me talking about hair. That's important. You know what I got to do this weekend, man? <laughs> this is fun. It, it not, not anything to do with fights, but not anything not to do with fights. Uh, Ric Flair. The nature boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Legend. Yeah, I, mean, I got a microphone too close to me or else I, oh, but I let you do it at home. I hope you're listening. And of course, once you hear the name Ric Flair, you kind of got to know that's what's going on. Yep. I got to wear a 42 pound sequin gown of his nature boy, Ric Flair, the purple one with the white, the big old long wizard sleeves on it. Oh, wow. That's dope. Dude said he paid $90,000 for it. What the fuck? <laughs> it was actually his fucking. Uh, that was like, uh, it, it was, it was probably the gayest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've done some pretty gay shit, <laughs> but, hey, but no, it, it was fucking feel like when you did it though you know what i mean <laughs> dude it, was, it felt so awesome i've i've been to the georgia aquarium georgia aquarium is extremely cool it's the best in the world i don't know it's the best i've ever been to the best in america for sure it's even better in chicago's the georgia aquarium is awesome but uh, fuck dude wearing that gown was cooler than any of that going so through and seeing some kind of seven foot manta ray who gives a shit <laughs> this is Ric Flair's <laughs> ring worn gown. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, 
people can say that, bro. Dude, he had uh, he had some Macho Man gowns too, and he was this guy was so cool, a Steve guy, GWC, greatest wrestling collection. He he uh, he was like, we're he's just smoking joints and we're drinking a couple of beers, hanging out. He's showing us the whole house is decked out in all wrestling memorabilia, every inch of it. Oh, bro. And then he's like, "What are you guys? Are we gonna gown up? Is that what you guys thinking? Should we gown up?" And then we're like, "What? No." He says, "Robe up. Should we robe up?" I'm like, "Like this? He means put robes on." <laughs> I'm like, "Fuck yeah, man! Oh, I wear yeah. Macho Man shit." No ring though. Couldn't bounce around in that. Anyways, that's me just tooting my own horn. Really, I have no. That hey, story is uh, going nowhere. Were you, were you deep? Were you deep in the wrestling back then? Like you were, like the uh, fuck. What was it? The uh, NWA, AWA. Like, did you? Did uh, you... I was. I was big into it when it was WWF before the NWA, oh. and 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 I was kind of well, no, into it then. NWA, bro. NWA used to be uh, a NWO. Like, oh yeah, no, right. no. Uh, there was there were wrestling leagues, bro, like the Rock and Roll Express. Fucking oh, okay. The the, uh, the Road Warriors, the Road Warriors ended up going to WWE, WWF, or yeah. whatnot. But man, they started like uh, I want yeah the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, an American Wrestling Alliance, fucking Rock and Roll Express, fucking Midnight Rockers, like right, all the ones with the magazines. Yeah, yeah. That was the only way you could really find out about the matches and stuff and what happened. There'd be the bloody pictures of of just. Remember Crazy satellite? looking hulks of men. Remember when satellite TV used to have those big ass satellites in your fucking front yard? <laughs> yeah. Like that cable box that could get like 500 channels. That's yeah. the only way to keep up on it. Yeah. Anytime you saw that, you knew you knew that guy's dad was into porn. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. like, <laughs> that guy has an expensive porn habit right there. <laughs> uh. But I, I, yeah, no, we couldn't. I, I was in it. Like I would watch Saturday morning and Saturday. It seems like the, the wrestling events were usually on a Friday Yeah. and either, either it was Saturday morning or Sunday morning. It was the day after any wrestling events would usually go on. So I'd be able to catch the highlights, but never really see the fights, you know? Right. Right. They did some jobber matches. I think, I think I got to see Steamboat and Macho Man because I feel like they recreated their match that they did in their WrestleMania on uh, uh, like a Saturday program or something. I mean, I, I loved it. I loved the promos. When I look back on it, the promos kind of were the better part. You know, the wrestling matches, they ain't yeah. nothing like watching yeah. Israel Adesanya get in a fight with somebody. You know, like Gilbert Burns and Israel Adesanya, that was a fucking fight, man. Right, right. What uh speaking of fights, what, what did you did you get to watch the Pena the Pena um uh Nudez? Yes. Yeah, yeah, bro. You know what? Like with the first you know what, man, what won Juliana Pena that fight, bro, is she was not afraid to fucking make it a dog fight. She yeah. stood throwing that ugly ass jab keeping her head just enough off the line so she couldn't get popped back. And it was an ugly jab, but it kept fucking touching pain, or Nunez in her face, bro. Nunez is not used to getting touched, and she's used to, like, look at when fucking uh, Cyborg touched her. So you see how she exploded on, on fucking Cyborg, but because Cyborg, right. Pena just never stopped throwing it. that fucking stupid-ass yep. jab. She went right back into it. Yeah. <laughs> She, it looked like she was swimming upstream. She was yeah, just yeah, kept putting it. And as she was doing it, like you saw that Nunez kind of felt a couple of them. 
And then she was like, all right, well, I know what to do in this situation. In this situation, I hit people really, really fucking hard. So let yeah. me do this. She hit her so fucking hard. You seen it rocked her. And I, me and Nunez both thought the same thing, actually, at the exact same moment. When Nunez punched her like that and when I saw it, I thought the same thing was, oh, here it goes. Okay. You know, this is what we've seen a million times. So, yeah, she ain't going to be able to do it. And yeah. then Penna was just like, oh, no, that's the shit that I was expecting. You know, that's like breakfast for me. <laughs> and her eye was swelling up. I was like, any longer, she ain't going to be able to see out of that. And she just kept punching. I, yeah. I was... Dude, that thing, that that fight, that's even why I bring it up. That fight was one of the most exciting fights that I've watched. Um, man, yeah, in a long time. Upset, man. But you know what? Like, but going into that fight, I, I, I had a feeling that Pena would be a threat simply because she was so high on herself, bro. Dude, you yeah. beats kicks before the fight even starts, just with her legend. You know what I mean? What do you, yes. Yeah. And that's why those girls sometimes back down from a, that hard punch, too. What do you think uh, in the rematch? Man, uh, shit, bro. It, I, I feel like psychologically, the shell's been cracked. And, yeah. And I think, man, it's a good chance the same thing happens again. Right on. Right on. I would, I would love to see it, but I think I put my money on Nunez this time. Well, I was just going to say that it wouldn't be a fight I would bet on by any means. <laughs> right on. Well, I'll put a buck on it. I'm really cheap when I bet. I just like to see what it turns into. I love it on underdogs, too. So I did I did want, you know, I would have bet. I always say I would have. I don't really bet ever. But I would have bet on Penna because I knew she was an underdog. And the way she was going into it, same as you said, her confidence. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. that whole night actually was a pretty good. If you bet all the underdogs that night, you would have done good. Oh yeah, I think who, was the, uh, I, what, who else was on that card? I remember, I do remember yeah. that that being a, a, a underground uh, under under uh, dog heavy card. Was 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 Marino and Figueroa or, uh, on that card? I don't. Yeah. I didn't think so. They were. Yeah. I think Man, so. That, that was those guys. I it, like it's. I can't believe that. Though, man, they've they been in a trilogy yet. Those guys fought. I can't even take watching it. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, the, they, they were knocking each other's heads off. It never stopped. You never got a, like there was no like this guy is decisively the winner. You know, right. I, I was going to say, I, I don't feel that figure uh, necessarily won the fight. I feel like you got to take the belt from a champion. You can't just squeak by him. And with that being said, I, I, I definitely think uh, Moreno should still be the champion. Right on. Right on. They they fought the first time, right? And then Figueroa won. But it was like on two weeks notice for Moreno. No, no. The first one was a draw. They, oh, was it? Yeah, okay. Thank you, one. Moreno but it was also fight. on two weeks notice. Not two weeks. Yeah. It was uh, two weeks after he had just fought because they both had a fight on that night and then they both agreed to fight again the, the following week. So I guess it wasn't like only one of them had that. Yeah. I, can't remember. I can't remember what it was. Uh, Figueroa Fig, uh, Davison was coming off of a really short, like he only had like a four week turnaround while Moreno had a full camp for that fight. And uh, they went, they went to the, to, to the judges. I'm pretty sure it was a draw. And then uh, they had the rematch and Moreno choked him out. 
and then they had the trilogy, and that's the one that uh, Davis had just won by that decision. All right, uh, I, I I think it's going to go to a four too. And I don't yeah, know that it won't. The only thing that makes sense. Because who else? But yeah. what what weight class are you at now? Shit. Uh, if you cut. Uh, when I boxed, I, I boxed as a heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah, but I mean, What's I that, does like that mean you're, you're 225 or heavier than that walk? I was only, I'm, I'm only like 215. Okay. Yeah. And, and heavyweights, anything over 200 or 201. Right on. So you don't have, that wouldn't be too hard to cut 14 pounds. Though. Yeah. Yeah, no, not at all. No, I, I, we did it because my, my opponent was larger than I was. So yeah, he didn't want to cut. So you're like, fuck, I'm not cutting. Then. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking 46 years old. If I don't have to, I won't. Right. When you when you do the, the bare knuckle fight, though, you're planning on, you're not going in heavyweight there, are you? Yeah, hell no. I'll go in this. Okay. Way. Yeah, I'll go in this. And what's way. that, 205 or, or uh, lighter yeah. than that, 185? When, uh, fuck. I know there's a 195. I think that's cruiserweight. Okay. If they if they have a weight class above that that's not heavyweight, I'd probably be down to do that because I I don't really care about cutting weight either. So if they're right. if I only got to cut like ten pounds, like that, I, I would prefer that. Competing like this, you how much can you really have in you, man? What do you got left? Hey, bro, I, as old as I am, man, I'm already stopped working out. <laughs> but you know what's crazy, bro? Is uh, I get it, like mentally i get it so much more and like bro physically i'm keeping up bro like when i'm in the gym bro like I, like i don't train with slouches bro i right. go and i grapple with some fucking killers at gyms outside of town and then fucking uh bro whenever i go spar like i go spar with cats bro like I, i've taken my lumps in sparring bro i've been dropped i've been hit so hard bro that fucking it felt like two cinder blocks exploded in my head you know what i mean <laughs> Like yeah. not, not, that doesn't happen often, but bro, like, like I go with guys who are threats to make it to where, so when I fight, bro, the fight's easy. And I, that, I, like uh, anywhere I go, I want to be the peon in the gym, bro. I don't want to be a big dog in the gym. I want to be the one with the most to learn. Well, what's the timeline then that you figure on, uh, your entry into the BK? Man, uh, man, I want to make that happen this year. I always feel like that's Br- British Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't know why. It's it, like the, the KFC is BK and it is FC, right? Fight championship. Yeah. 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 Bare knuckle fighting championship. <laughs> right on. Bear, bear Kentucky fried chicken. All right. <laughs> Colonel Sanders. Makes it easier to remember, though. But yeah, what's your time? Your your uh, idea of of when you might be fighting in there? Man, I want to be. I want. I want to have a uh, bare knuckle fight under my belt within the next six months at the absolute most, bro. Because, like, keep it real. I'm sure my shelf life continuing moving forward. Like, I'm sure. I, if I stay in the type of shape and feel as good as I feel right now, and I'm not saying I feel the best because bro, like I've got little nagging things, but I can work through them. I know how to maintenance them, keep them manageable. And I could probably do this until I'm 50. And then that, yeah, but bro, like I love it though. You know, how old was Couture when he quit? Was he 50? No, he was like 44, 45, something like that. Okay. Right on. Yeah. You're going to go for a record. Hey, you know what? Hey, for real, like the oldest bare knuckle debut. <laughs> <laughs> you know yes. 
you see me, bro? If you see me, like, you wouldn't think I'm my age, bro. You know what I mean? Not, not physically, you know what I mean, bro? Like, I still might, like, I'm blessed, man. Like, I still have good skin, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I need to knock on some wood, bro. Like, whatever. Yeah. I, I eat pretty clean, you know what I mean, bro? Like, did you, you were able to avoid the addiction and all that? You never got your head around anything? Even, even, uh, man, you no. got to get beat the fuck up in the ring and all. Yeah, you know what, man? Like, like in life, I've dabbled in a few things, but I've never had an addictive personality, bro. And I guess if I was addicted to anything, it would be the type of adrenaline, like, bro. There's just get from fighting eyes, bro. Like, like, man, when you're in the bro, like, they're like, it's if it's crazy, bro, because I've some of the most zen moments in my life where everything slowed down to where I could fucking microanalyze every detail. Like I was pushing slow frames through my head of a still scene, bro. Like time slowed down and everything. I've had such zen moments in the middle of a fight, bro. Sometimes it was a moment right before the finish came and I saw the window for the finish and everything slowed down. Sometimes it was me getting fucked up and I couldn't get out of the way of something I saw coming and it just slowed down. So like, I wouldn't feel the impact of it so much. Like just my bro, like it's crazy. The shit your mind can do in the most urgent situations. Is, is that like, what, what's happening? Is, I mean, sometimes you definitely see a fear, right? Like the, when we talk about, um, Amanda Ooh. Nunez fighting pain. Like a lot of people, when they get hit by a man, they, they, then there's a fear and they don't go in. And you see that a lot with fighters, even their, their coaches will be like, dude, you got to keep moving forward. You're, you're punching when you're, when you're landing, when you punch, but you got to punch, but people yeah. will get scared of punching because you know, they get that right cross or some kind of sneaky, you know, blow in there. And then they can't overcome their own mind. Yeah. And when they try to, it takes an extra second, and that's when they get punched even harder, right? Yes, bro. Hesitation kills. Like, I know I'm on point when I'm in the middle of a fight, and before I even recognize that I see an opening, my hand is already at it. Like, halfway through the recognition of it, my body's already so in tune that it acted. Like, it's crazy, bro. Like, that, that's what makes it addicting, like to to like just imagine that there's one thing in life that makes your brain work at the super optimal level because it has to but that's the only time it will <laughs> what, you want right. to do that fucking forever right so what but then you're gonna do a jujitsu after this maybe yeah. or something you don't have to get your face beat up yeah. on or jujitsu all day bro I, was, I got back on the mats recently and and fucking i love it again bro and like absolutely i'm gonna continue to compete somehow some way until i literally no longer can where, where you live are you down in florida now or are you in uh, yeah. california no i'm in uh, palm coast florida right where are you training at there um there's a nova Yao school that just opened up uh close by my house and i've been doing all my like jujitsu stuff over there and then there's a gym out here called lions pride boxing in benel and I've been training there for a year. And then I also cross-trained out at Pete White's Boxing and MMA and spar with a lot of guys from there. And then there's another camp around here called Pitbulls Unleashed that I, I get in work with. There's like those guys. And those last three are, are big like boxing camps around here. When I was, uh, I was in combat hop keto for a while there, it cost me 90 bucks a month, right? And that was just for like two to three days. Uh-huh. 
what does it, if you've got four places you're going to, are, it, are there at least 90 bucks a month, each one of them, 60 bucks or something like well, that? Or, or do you guys kind of, you eventually you got a network of friends and people. Yeah, well, like being like, I'm really for bro. Like, let's just say I'm really fortunate in the situation that I'm in because I don't necessarily, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily have to come out pocket the same way that other people do. Right on. You add value to the gym by your presence. Well, man, man, I don't want to put it like that, but I bring good work to the table. You know what I mean? Like if I'm in the gym, bro, like, like I'll push whoever I'll, I'll, I'll make sure right. everybody pushing. Right. Well, that's what I would say. That's a value then, you know, right. Sometimes right. you need your captain America, you know, you, you can't, uh, who is it? Your, your Jordan or whatnot, Tom Brady. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> needs to be pushing these cats. <laughs> Speaking of some Tom of them do it themselves today. Yeah, I know. I just seen that it came across while I was playing some COD. Where do you have time to play COD? Man, I, bro, I don't game at all. You know, you know what my, my form of gaming is? Online fighting. Online. Oh, is it? Yeah. That could be dangerous. You do good? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just started getting back into it, man. So, but. Yeah, for for the short amount of time that I've been back into it, like I'm pretty happy with with how I'm performing. Before so, before I started uh, fighting, I was playing a lot of poker, and it was my goal at that time to become a professional poker player. But man, Dude. a lot of t- <laughs> didn't you ever like when you were growing up? Were you ever like, I'm going to be a carpenter? I'm going to be a farmer? <laughs> You're like, I'm going to be a professional poker player, mom. <laughs> No, no, that's not good. You'll never make it, son. You're right, mom. Going to be a fighter. (laughs) No, you know what? It was a childhood. It was a childhood dream to become a fighter. And that's why when I got towards the end of my life, I realized I didn't, not the end of my life, but the end of the window. Okay, yeah. yeah, Because I I didn't start training anything at all until I was 32 years old. My first pro fight was until I was 33. Oh, wow. Yeah, so once I was like, man, I, I really want to do that. You know what I mean? Like the windows closed, and let me fucking get on that. And part were of you, and you were like, tattooing already prior to that thing too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was kind of hoping that I could f- envision a day that your mom, you know, you were telling her about you wanted to be a fighter, and then one time you came home and you're like, well, I'm a tattoo artist. And she was like, oh my god, thank God, you're a tattoo artist. I was so, <laughs> you know, everybody else is like, mom, I'm not going to be a graphic artist. I changed my mind. You know, all that money that you spent on my college, fuck that shit. I'm going to tattoo. <laughs> and parents are usually pissed about their decisions, but this would be a case that I was hoping. However, <laughs> not true. In, in this case, uh, your how did your parents feel about you getting tattooed or getting a job as a tattoo artist? Well, man, by the time by the time I started tattooing, uh, both of my parents were pretty much out of my world at that time. Like, like my, my family life was a, as a kid, like it really wasn't that cool. I pretty much grew up on my own ever since like 15, 16. Oh, shit. Yeah. You did say that uh, you've been on your own since you were 15. That's that's uh, possibly part of the reason you fight or not. Well, I mean, yeah. you, you talk about the Zen that you've reached there, but you wouldn't have known about the Zen and, unless you stepped into the fight. You know what I mean? You wouldn't, you had to step into the gym and all, all those things. Something led you there, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, bro. So I grew up, I was born a white kid in Hawaii. And like, if you're a white kid growing up in Hawaii, you're going to fight. That's just how it is. And then I moved, <laughs> I moved from fucking Hawaii 
to the fucking ghettos of Sacramento, like one of the most ghetto neighborhoods out there. And like, I was a funny talking white kid who fucking had this Hawaiian accent. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> right. I was just always in places that I ended up having to fend for myself. You know what I mean? Like, dude, the Hawaiian accents just, I don't even like, gets, I get beat up for not being from there. And then I come here and because I'm from there, you're going to beat me up too. Yeah. What, yeah. what was uh, that was in Sacramento? Yes, sir. What was the, uh, were you coming around with your, with your parents? Were you in foster homes or something? No, nah, no. Nah. Uh, so my parents got divorced when I was real young. And my mom sent me to come move up, uh, come live with my dad because she couldn't handle how much I was getting in fights living in Hawaii. I was always getting in trouble in school because I was always fighting. Was your, is your mom or dad Hawaiian at all or they just oh, no, happened my, to, to, yeah, to be in the island? My, yeah, my mom's Portuguese and Spanish and uh, her parents were, uh, were or her grandparents were first generation immigrants from Portugal and Spain. And then um, my dad was in the Navy and I guess he met my mom down there while he was stationed out there. Right on. Yeah. Love blossomed the way yes. it would in any uh, Sailor Jerry story. Probably had her name <laughs> tattooed on him. <laughs> no, he didn't have a single tattoo. Now I think about it. But but then uh, living with him didn't go so hot. What's that? And when I came home with my first tattoo when I was about fourteen years old, man, I caught a pretty good ass whooping for it. <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> and that first tattoo was done at a shop. Absolutely, been, right? absolutely not. <laughs> it was done in a it was done in a fucking RV trailer at my boy, at my boy's house. <laughs> What behind the house or something? They had an RV that yep. they made your clubhouse. Yep, yep, exactly. Stashed all the porn in there, and then then got a hold of a, uh, some Indian ink and a needle, or what? Nah, yeah, we had a uh, we had a little fucking uh, little homemade machine, little scratcher machine made out of a Walkman motor. Oh, nice! Yeah, somebody got out of the joint then, huh? Some. Yep, yeah. You were hanging out with some real sc- scrupulous people. <laughs> Society's best. <laughs> the time <laughs> yeah i never knew about bending a toothbrush until my brother got out of the joint <laughs> and then, then he's like nah look at we take apart the operation we got a tattoo machine take apart the operation game <laughs> it had that little 570 dc motor oh yeah yeah i never even thought of that the little vibrating thing yeah yeah because it was just a, a thing that spun yeah, I mean, it ain't so far off what we use now. That's what it always made me laugh once we all, everybody started switching to um, rotaries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was like we might as well just sit back in the joint, man. Hey, you know it's, what? You know what I'm about to do, man? I'm about to make like, and I'm gonna put it in the frame. I'm gonna make an ultimate scratcher machine, bro. Just just to be like, yep, I still could. <laughs> I wanted to put it in like a little glass frame and put it up in my. Just so that you know, know that if you got locked down, you can still make it off the commissary. Oh, all day, all day. I'd, have, <laughs> I'd, I'd be pushing packs of cigarettes. <laughs> I don't think so anymore, man. They got they have MP3 players now. They don't have Walkmans. You can't order a Walkman in, in, in the commissary. Beard trimmers. Yep, you're gonna have to get some beard trimmers. Yep, well, and, and maybe I wonder if you, you probably can't get electric toothbrush or something like that. Yeah. That's no. great. <laughs> I'm just starting to think of all the things that you could still use for, but beard trimmers, it's going to be a coil though. That's those, those aren't usually a uh, rotary. No, no. The beard trimmers, one of the little smaller ones, not like the hair clippers, the hair clippers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. That would have a good engine in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to find a way to control it. Cause it's going to be, it's going to be on a computer now. It's not going to be a brushless or it's not going to be a brushed engine. It's going to be a brushless engine. I think unless you, well, I don't know. You get cheap stuff in the joint. It yep. seems like they would, they would, get wise to some of that and be like, Oh, we ain't going to make these anymore. Yeah, for real. You know, it had to be a little bit harder after walk, but Hey, you know what? Now with all the poking dot being so the rage, oh, what do you it? really need? Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't see that. Uh, the, the stipply stuff that people are doing. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm doing it. Cause oh, I learned no. how to on the boat. If you want to cover up some mistakes, that stiply stuff works really good. <laughs> I bet. No, you. I mean, you had to really kind of be really cautious with your line work. You couldn't just you couldn't just pull a line. You know what I mean? So a lot of it was just feathering lines in. You know, I'm building up like I've seen like Jack Rudy and some of these single needle guys use, and then right. you just kind of shade off of your line. You know, if you to cover up anything, but since you put it in there, like brushed it in when yeah, you shade off of it you stressful. don't hurt it so much What's that, sounds, that sounds so stressful bro <laughs> uh i mean yes and no right like if, if if you're being dishonest with them and being like you're gonna get the best tattoo in the fucking world right you are in the best place for that but as long as you all you and, and if you're a good salesman you know you just present what it is like you want this tattoo it costs more than it should richard branson's gonna make more than i am you know but right. uh you want the tattoo because it's gonna remind you of being on the ship it's a once in a lifetime kind of thing yeah. you can't get tattooed in the middle of the ocean anywhere else so, and, and, or if you did, you're going to be out there in a fishing boat. Trust me, it's going to be much worse. So, okay. yeah, there was one tattoo actually I did. I sold the very first day. This girl had this beautiful tattoo and it was going to take me a, a full day almost, you know, it was going to take me at least seven, eight hours. Uh -huh. And I was, it was one of the first tattoos I sold, you know? So I was thinking just like normal, like tattoo shop kind of shit. You know, right. but then you start thinking about well, the boat's moving. Everything does take longer. It's all harder to do. And this right. was a, a detailed ass machine, you know, and then it had to be a cover up, too. So there are parts we had to kind of, you know, work out. Then it was going on the center of her chest. So it was perfectly symmetrical. Holy and shit, bro. Yeah, I was an idiot, dude. I sold it way too little. I didn't have, you know, and then as I was looking at it, I was like, there ain't no way I can. You know, because all these other people are lining up and they all want to get little like waves, just like a wave. You know, oh. like people get that now. Two hundred and fifty bucks. And this this one's going to take me all day. I, there's no way I, you know, so we, we had to let her, you know, set her, you know, her expectations down a little bit. Right. Right. About, and, and it did suck because I had already kind of given her the idea and I'm, I'm a good enough artist. I could have done it, you know. But uh, it did suck that we had to bring it down to that. But then she got a, a, like a lipstick, you know, like a gray shade lipstick or something. And we set an appointment for Chicago. So I'm going to see her in another month or something here. Oh, dope, dope. What shows you got coming up? That one we're doing Chicago. You, what you got coming up? I'm doing Chicago and then Cincinnati. Um, I'm probably not going to do a show until uh, the All-American Tattoo Convention in North Carolina next month. 
And then after that, I'm probably going to try and make my way out to California for the Inked Hearts Expo at uh, up in Humboldt County at Blue Lake, uh, Blue Lake Casino. And then uh, I don't have anything planned after that. I'm going to see how those go, see how the, like, how is the convention circuit right now? Like, is, is it popping how it normally is? Or is it um, weird? Ask it's, shit. It's, like, no, nah, it's been, it's been pies. Yeah. It's, at least villain arts. He's, he's been really good, even through mask mandates and vaccination requirements and weird eating habits, uh, not habits, but weird eating um, mandates, protocols. Right. protocols. There you go. Like, like at Philly, the last two years now you had to eat in the area that, that they had the food for you, which right. I don't know if you're not cautious, you know, that the whole tattoo convention can be a little bit dangerous. Anyways, I was like, I don't like to eat at the table so much, you know, I'd almost rather eat in my booth. I know the health department don't like it, but I'll stand up and eat. I'll eat over a trash can. I'm not making right, the right. bigger mess here, Same but at shit. least I'm not, like I know that people are out there eating and they're sitting at them tables and they're touching their tattoos and they're touching everything else. So I was get kind of a little bit grossed out eating around that, but I, that they, they've made us do that in Philly. Um, and then there, we had mask mandates. I don't know if they had it this year. I don't think they had it this year, but last year they did, but you know, you, you get around it. You can, um, I mean, people were wearing them like chin straps in a lot of cases and not everybody's on. Uh, I think, I think there were they, they were kind of um, I feel like last year they were more strict about it. This year it was more some some people were wearing masks and some people weren't. Uh, but yeah, I think it's kind of getting back to normal. Everybody's I mean, the, this this COVID's out out there still, but right. the hospitals aren't all shut up. Right. Um, people are vaccinated, so it it has become less of a a problem the, the bigger question is how long the vaccines last though and what new strains will come so it could it could all change that's why i kind of like we're kind of doing them now as many as we can when we can you know because you don't know if it's going to be shut down for another year right right i mean last time it was a full year wasn't it i think the for villain arts at least oh yeah yeah but, uh, yeah which one is that you're doing in North Carolina? Who's who's that one you said? Um, it's uh, the All-American Tattoo Convention. Uh, you heard of American Tattoo Society? No, I don't think I have. Someone was uh, just telling me about that convention, though. Yeah. Well, uh, whoever yeah. I was talking to yesterday, I think. I did with them. But, uh, American oh, Javo is going out there, too. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, they're, they're the guys with all the uh, tattoo shops opening on military installations. Oh, so that's who uh, James was working for when he yep, caught the COVID. Yep, yep. He's still with him. Okay, right. He was building their shots for him. Is he back to building? Man, I don't know if he's that functional yet. Right on. Yeah, I know. See, I know that, that. The, the, James uh, going down like that had a, had a certain amount to scare me for getting the vaccine. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, we had another friend in Massachusetts had it. And we had, we knew people, too, that were having a hard time with the vaccines. People... Um, this guy out here had COVID, we believe, and he died after he got the vaccine. It was a tattoo artist's dad. And, uh, but I don't know, like if I was looking at the reasons to get the vaccine or not to get the vaccine, every reason that I would come up with not to get the vaccine was one based off of my own self. And 
all the reasons, not all the reasons, but the, the reasons to get the vaccine was easier to say that's to help somebody else. It's not as much for me as it is so that we can get a hold of this and uh, and not have the weaker in our society who can't take, you know, who, who wouldn't be able to take a vaccine like that guy's dad wasn't able to take it. I can. I'm super tough. Like I said, I mean, I know you're not as tough as me, but I I ain't scared of Pfizer. <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's my new go to now. Like I, I like taking as many framing as many things in a different light as possible and hope to have other thought in it. For instance, I have, I have a newer argument now against wearing gloves when I tattoo, I've been trying to use as an illustrator, if you will, right, like right. who told us to wear gloves? FDA. Right. Right. And they're wrong. Right. What, what did they base it on? science bunch of scientists with data do i trust their data they're probably in the big gloves pocket you know <laughs> well, <man. Yeah. laughs> big well, I mean, glove corporation out there pulling strings well, what's that ask, if we're gonna do the glove thing how many people do you know that develop cancer from wearing gloves exactly you know you get uh if you wear gloves too long latex allergies and oh, I yeah. don't believe that you wouldn't get cancer from that powder too. fucking uh, girls was getting cancer in their badge from putting Johnson and Johnson up there. Right. 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 So who well, knows what's what, what they're, you know, for myself, so, man, like well, for myself, the reason I chose not to is damn near any person I knew who personally got it mm -hmm. had some kind of complication. And the most closest to home was my, my girlfriend's mom got the vaccination and within two weeks, her blood pressure spike spiked to nearly 200 beats per minute at a resting rate. And she lowered it for about two weeks while she was going to multiple doctor visits before they finally have her on a fucking cocktail of different kind of drugs that finally have her heart slowed down to a normal rate again. But like, Lord. yeah, how's she doing now? Is she back to normal? They say the, the yes, yeah, she's uh, pretty decent. But then one time her blood pressure dropped so low that she damn near like we damn near had to take her to the hospital. Like we have to go, you know, make sure that she was cool. And she never had any of these kind of issues prior to prior to it. Yeah. And then I just know some people who ended up like, you know, just they, they ended up getting uh, blood clots or yeah, we knew every girl with that the virus like just. Man, they well, one thing I know is also gyms generally, uh, I mean, not like they just follow everything Joe Rogan says, but uh, a lot of Joe Rogan's own thoughts, I think it, it's they echo each other. You know what I mean? Like right, if you right, go right, to a right. gym, a lot of those guys feel the same kind of way. I've been kind of surprised sometimes in political conversations with members of uh, of different gyms and um, different fighting styles and stuff just to find out how kind of paranoid they are sometimes, you know, or what I would view as paranoia. I shouldn't say as paranoid because I, I choose ignorance over most conspiracies, just where it's like, yeah, I'd rather not know about it though. Yep. Yep. <laughs> same thing, bro. That's, that's <laughs> why I take a lot of shit. Yeah. I think I'm probably better off not 
consuming my brain with whatever, you know, especially if it starts with, uh, you know, like there's just a bad guy. Right. You know, if there's, if there's just a bad guy somewhere and he just does bad things because he likes to do bad things. Like, I don't know anybody that's horny for bad things like that, that, that can get, you know what I mean? I just actually, there was a great song by uh, the, the revolting Cox. Was it <laughs> possibly the skate nigs? It was horny for evil. That was a good song. But at any rate, I don't know anybody who's really that, you know, uh, I'm sure there's your suicidal maniacs or your, your sociopaths or whatnot maniacs out there. But um, I don't know. Most conspiracies seem to just have like, so there's these people, right? And they're just evil <laughs> and they just do evil shit. And you're like, why do they do evil shit? Cause they're evil. I'm like, well, they make money. And you're like, but can't they make money not doing evil shit too? Like, at any rate, um, enough about conspiracies. And I think, I think, uh, you know, who really cares if we're in big gloves pocket or not? I, I'm really going to keep wearing them because I don't like washing my hands as often, you know, or, or like I don't have, like like the hard wash when you look underneath your fingernails and you see see blood underneath there or some blood and right. ink. I think that would probably suck. So, or, you know what? Like, actually, here's how I, I can't wear not wear gloves because when I ripped that glove, have you ever ripped a glove and you might tattoo for a minute before you really realize this Two days ago, bro, I probably tattooed for a good 30 to 45 seconds. Oh. Like, <laughs> is, how gross does that feel? Yeah, bro. Like, I, I nearly dry heaped once I saw it. You get up and you run and you wash your hand and then you wash it again. And then you pour some bleach on it. And then you come back smelling like bleach. Well, and he's I've like, got, what? I've got hand sanitizer in my station. So first I fucking flooded my, my palm with hand sanitizer. <laughs> then I made a beeline to the bathroom. <laughs> like I'm not getting your STDs, motherfucker. Yeah, fact. <laughs> well, I guess probably I probably shouldn't talk about what me and someone else were talking about on on a, a later back, but I can't help it, man. Like I know when I when I to me it's still funny. Like I poked myself with a needle once, and I immediately looked at the dude, and I was just like, "Oh fuck, you live in your mom's basement? <laughs> Do you play role playing games? <laughs> you know." <laughs> Like, I'm kind of hoping it's like, nah, fuck. I'm captain of the football team. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this guy gets around. Shit. Yeah. I wonder what kind of new bump I'm going to have on my dick. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, 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 the flip I, side of that, though, bro, I don't care what you say, man. Nobody can argue with me on this. As tattoo artists, bro, we have top shelf immune systems. Bro, look, just think <laughs> of the things that we microbially get uh, get fucking exposed to. With I don't want to think about it now. See, that's, that's one of them other things I probably better off not thinking about. <laughs> just how how gross my uh, my my uh, my you know my profession is. Right. People told me before that like the tattoo machine like they're like no nah, if you do this infrared thing or something like that you can see that it's shooting out like bacteria yeah. for like a three foot span when it's running and it's going up and down too or whatever it's fighting like it's firing back in your face they're saying or something right right you've heard that 
Well, okay. Not only have I heard that, but I've heard every time the needle punctures the skin, that's a violent collision. And uh-huh. with collision, there's some kind of energy that gets released. So you've got all these little microscopic fucking particles just being thrown all over our area, bro. Little pieces of skin, blood, you know what I mean? Like, and we're breathing it up and that's making us immune to, to any, that's making us like roaches. We're yeah. going to live through anything. Yeah. All right. I'll go with that. <laughs> that's my it's theory. Like, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like it would also be one of the things that they'd be at, you know, they'd be over all our funerals and be like, that's the thing about tattoos. They don't live long because they're always breathing up that gunk. <laughs> You know, you think that's what the coal miners said about it? You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we got the best immune system because we're always breathing in this shit. (laughs) Uh, Instead, we're just wearing it down way faster than the normal human. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe ours is better because it's 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 uh, it's bio. (laughs) Maybe it has an immunity response. Maybe maybe there's something there. I don't know. Um. Too many of us that don't get sick, I guess. I, I don't know. The COVID I got sick with. I got that tattooing, though, too. I got it from one of my tattoo artist fucking friends who fucking wouldn't say on his Facebook. That, like, I, I made the post that I had it, and he didn't say, like, he had it. I had to find out when I called him up. He's like, yeah, I got it, too. I'm like, motherfucker, you were hanging all over me in that lot. You know, we are at, the, at Minneapolis. <laughs> like, Candy was watching me. She's like, come on. She was trying to get me up because you know i'm i'm too stupid to be out in covid if that makes sense right right <laughs> like if i see you dude like we're shaking you know and and even if not like i was the worst about it like i would always be that on the wrong awkward side of it i go to shake your hand and i put my hand out there and so now your reflex is to shake my hand and then as i go i'm like oh yeah covid and so i go to a fist bump and then your hand's still out like i'm leaving you hanging and then you're like whoa so you go to fist bump i'm like wow that was really rude to do so i switch right back to an open palm and now i just grab your fist like an <laughs> and but i don't know I, i'm too um I, i'm too social a bit when I get out, you know, to, uh, to not hug and to talk to people further than six feet. Yeah. I'll just say, I wonder how the English people took it. You know, you know, how English people always got to be talking to you like a foot away. Right. 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 In your fucking face. Yeah. You're like, dude, you want me to look at your teeth or you're trying to kiss. <laughs> you guys got free medical. Why don't you get free dental? Right. brother uh anything that you got to promote besides this upcoming bare knuckle fight i want to have you on when we get to find out about it but uh anything just a tattoo shop i'm working at out here now i'm in palm coast elite tattooing like man it's uh of any shop that i've worked at on the east coast since i've been here since i moved out here in 2000 uh Shit, when I move out this way, 2013. Yeah, but yeah, the whole time that I've worked on the East Coast, man, like it's just as far as the chill vibe and like every the way everybody just gets along and the work everybody's pushing, man, I'd have to say it's my favorite spot that I've worked at so far. And we're right here in Palm Coast, Elite Tattooing. And I want to say our uh, our Instagram is just, you know, at Elite Tattooing. What's your own Instagram as well? Manifest Mark. 
That's what I thought. Yeah. What is what's with manifest? Candy told me that I've I've known you as Mark Matthews for so long. I've had no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, all this uh, man, I was doing the manifest mark thing even before uh, Ink Master. Long story short, bro, I just kind of got put up on the laws of attraction. And uh, like I just it, it, for, when it comes to like social media and all that shit. I just figured like, man, like so many people use social media to create who they want to be. So in my own, in my mind, I'm just looking at it like manifest mark to create who I want to be, period. You know what I mean? So it's like, did that uh, come about the same time as you started to think about fighting? Yeah. Or not fighting, but did it come about uh, before fighting like the tattooing or put it this way, put it this way. The law fighting was the first long-term goal that I accomplished after becoming aware of the laws of attraction and actually utilizing them towards something. So like they, they actually kind of went hand in hand because both things came into my life, like right around the same time, man. And just the whole laws of attraction just kind of shifted the way that I look at everything. And uh, the whole manifest mark thing, like for me, it's just really a reminder to myself, like, remember you're creating your reality. You know what I mean? So whether it's negative, whether it's positive, whatever it is, it's by your choice. It's by your thinking. It's by your habits. It's by your doings. So manifest, manifest Mark. Been paying off then. Yeah, man. The But you know what? Like sometimes I get on myself because like I'm so aware of it, but sometimes I don't feel like I always use it how I should be using it or as much as I should be using it. And that's like, I'm getting to that point in my life now where I'm really making sure that I'm really cognizant, like really policing my thoughts. You know what I mean? Just and, and being real selective about the energies that I allow into my world and the company I keep. Like not to sound like all some cosmic shit, but like. But it I, sounds I like, pretty cosmic, man. <laughs> Too late. Too late. <laughs> not to sound all hippie-ish, man, but you know. But I, you got to keep, keep some stuff out. To, yeah. to keep your shit pure or something, huh? Yeah, well, not even just to keep it pure, bro, but to keep it efficient. You know what I mean? I don't want any, man, like I want everything in my world to be as organic as possible. And if anything disrupts that, then that's accept, that's taking too much energy to correct. So let me just maneuver around that. Does how much of this you grew up fighting on the on the island? You had a good right. relationship with your mom, though, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, we we do now. Like, and then yeah, when you, okay, life. so you were probably a little pissed, I guess, that she might have sent you away. But you, a lot of yeah. times, at least I've noticed. I don't know that that's the same in your life, but uh, a mom can have a hard time disciplining. And then at one point, when you start reaching manhood, she feels like she doesn't know. You know, what I mean, like you're becoming something and she's like, ah, I bit off more than I can handle or something. I don't understand that. Yeah, man, that it, because I, I think my mom was pretty overwhelmed at the time, just with life in general, from what I remember. So, and, yeah. And you were getting in fights with all the kids on the island or eventually yeah, the, having yeah. you fought them all. It's a small island, right? Yeah, it's well, not the mean, biggest all, place. All the all the kids in my school or all the kids that lived in the same apartment complex as I did. I remember there was a day, one day I got socked and I came running home and I told my mom what happened. And then I took off running and she threw me back outside and shut the door and told me, don't, don't come home until I socked the kid. So I went to sock the kid and his older brother. And then I ran. <laughs> <home>. <laughs> did you come pounding on the door about and tell sure mom that I, 
I was like, I did it, Bob. I did it. <laughs> oh, was she was she proud then? What? Uh, no, what was uh? It was it was it was it was uh, mixed emotions. Like cool, but like I still ran home and like now why am I fighting with everybody? And you know, right? How was it? Shortly after these kind of things were going on, that you you were uh, that she moved you to to your dad's then, or was yeah yeah. Yeah, and then pretty- you're at, at your dad's. He w- he's got to feel, I'm guessing, like, like he, he t- if if there's that much distance in between you guys, he didn't come. You didn't see him every other weekend when yeah. you were on the island. Yeah, not so at all. He gets back in Sacramento. Does he got another wife? Does he got kids and all that? No, nah, no, nah, he was on his own. My pop. So he's living like a bachelor life. Right. Right. Right, like some Anthony Kiedis kind of stuff. So, like, <laughs> I don't know if, right, Anthony Kiedis and his dad were uh, were pretty tight because his, his mom wasn't really around right, at, at right. that. But he was just like a bachelor, so he watched his dad partying a bit. Yeah, uh, my, my dad was, yeah. Man, no. he was just basically a miserable dude, bro. He was just a mis- basically a miserable man. And that's, that's, the best, that's the best thing I can say about the guy. Uh man, like, was he was he working then? Was he? Yeah, yeah, he worked. He worked. Nothing, like, nothing fulfilling though. Not he wasn't a tattoo artist, obviously. Yeah, he would have been a better person. Not at all. As a matter of fact, period. This is the type of relationship I got with my pops. The last two, my my both of my kids, I reached out to him as soon as they were born to let him know that he was a grandfather. And the last time that I called, he basically was like, "Look, man, I don't give a fuck." By the time that I, he, he knew that I had been to prison, so he was like, you're just the next clown. You're not going to amount to be shit, blah, 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 blah. Don't reach out to me anymore. And that was the last you time. Fuck. I kidding me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dude, grandkids are so awesome. What an idiot. I'm sorry. Maybe, no, I mean, no. but your dad's kind of an idiot, dude. He doesn't know how cool grandkids are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At any rate, I got a grandkid. I love it. If yeah, I get, so uh, I'm, a, I'm like a big hero to her, you know, all I got to do is come over and climb on the roof for a second, fix an antenna or something. We don't have antennas anymore, but, and she's just like, grandpa's crazy. I love it. Uh, you said, you said your dad though had nothing to do with, um, be, because of, because of prison, I guess I didn't know that you had been locked down. Oh yeah, yeah. I did a little bit of time. I did a little state time, a little federal time. Two different or on the same charges? No, nah, yeah, two different charges. Two different times then too. You didn't learn enough the first time. Huh? <laughs> nah, <laughs> but the, the time I went to the feds, man, that that was all I needed, bro. I'd I, I, <laughs> I would sit at the table and eat with people that I had read books about, and when they look you in the face and tell you this is your retirement plan. And you got better things going for yourself, man. You learn to just, you learn right. to get a listen. Right. They were basically saying, they were, I am a cautionary tale. Yep, absolutely. Was it, what, what, can you, you talk about what you did or you, you want to leave that yeah, yeah. in the past? Uh, yeah. Okay. No, I'm, fuck, I got caught coming back from Mexico with a fuck ton of uh, brickweed. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> for uh for anybody listening nowadays brickweed <laughs> was weed that you would get in a brick because it would be compressed for transport 
it was not anything like the weed you get today. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it was if I could today. find brickweed nowadays, I would buy it, even though I would have to deal with all the seeds and stems and how terrible it tastes. I would buy it just to be like, dude, I have some brickweed. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Like, I'm sure I wouldn't smoke it because I've got, I mean, it's so easy now. So basically you did the hard work for us. Like you did the time. You also proved the stupidity of the, 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 uh, the legal illegalization. What is that? What we would call it? Yeah. Pot being illegal um, causes problems. <laughs> it causes somebody who uh, recognizes uh, a demand <laughs> And he's going to fulfill it as a business. It could cause him to go across the border and bring back a pound of brick weed. How much weed was it? Like uh, just a hit, like 44 kilos. But now that's going across state uh, uh, lines. So that's going to a Fed joint. That's the Fed. Yeah. Crime, right? yeah. Yeah. What was the, the prior to that? The, the state time. Uh, what was that? One? Oh, possession intent to sale. Uh, of marijuana as well? Nah. Okay. That was a different controlled substance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I did so like I was wondering if it got worse or better. It, to me, it sounds like it got better. Like, even though it's a federal crime, I mean, you went from selling something that was uh possibly worse for people. Yeah, absolutely. For, for your customer base to something that was well, I don't know. Brickweed. Can we can we say that that has a health benefit? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know we like to make believe everything about CBD cures everything in the world. But somebody told me as well that pot smokers and I did read actually that the uh, that certain um, hemp oils or, or marijuana oils helped against covid. But somebody yeah, told yeah, me yeah. as well, they figured pot smoking killed it somehow. Yeah, I read that as well. <laughs> oh, oh you read about the oils then well, it, it seems like pot can cure anything but I don't know if brickweed would still classify as that yeah bro brickweed is like the weed now diluted by a thousand parts of water <laughs> you, would, you would like cleave pieces of it off right like, like yep. mica or something like you were mining mica or a slate yep. chalkboard breaking you would have to take chunks of it and then grind it up and you might as well just roll the seeds because you ain't going to be able to sift those compressed nope. things out <laughs> so you smoked seeds and stems man that stuff was supposed to uh, make us sterile right didn't seeds and stems i wonder yeah, how many yeah, pregnancies yeah, yeah. that helped stop yeah brickweed brickweed might have helped joint. all those pops in the joint <laughs> well it pops in the joint no what do you mean like when you would smoke a sneak, when you would be smoking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Snap. You well, know? a lot of times they'd already have the, the air taken out of them because it was compressed so much too. Yeah. Where, where, yeah. How'd you, uh, how you got to have an enterprise though to, or did you just go over there just knowing that somebody eventually would sell you? You, you had nah, to have nah, a I, liaison. I, yeah. I had everything lined up. Okay. You, uh, you didn't just hop across the border in Tijuana and be like, you know what? I've got a lot of money, guys. I'm yeah. looking for unscrupulous characters that would like to sell me marijuanas in heavy quantities. 
But man, you know what was crazy was that, that trip to Mexico, man. I saw some things that were really, really scary out there, bro. It just made you realize like how corrupt the world really is. Like, like what? You want to elaborate on any of that, man? Just like I, uh, I think it's gotten worse out there now. Yeah, the way the police out there operate, bro. They're just like, yeah, they're only out to get paid, right? And like, make right. They get paid. Man, I've seen some stuff, um, and I don't know how recent it is because you know how like fashions ain't the same from country to country, right? right. But I've seen some stuff where these cartel members um, that were in Mexico were just like in the middle of the day, they pulled out onto an overpass, you know, busy overpass, and they stopped one lane of traffic, and then they hauled out like seven dead bodies, and then they took the time to um you know tie something around these dead bodies necks and then throw them off of the balcony so that they were hanging there on the overpass with a sign <laughs> that they had written at some point that said like this is what the fuck happens to people that tell tales you know or like right. something about don't talk shit that's what right. it was they did all this like they filmed it themselves like I'm trying to imagine the level of corruption that must be going on in a city where something like that doesn't get any uh, police response. Bro, there was a point in time where I was standing in a place that I looked around and thought to myself, I'm so insignificant out here that I could get killed and like it wouldn't mean anything to anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like you just re- like, it's definitely a place that makes you some of the places I went out there definitely made you realize like how fragile your life is. Like news might not even make it home. Yep, absolutely. It'd just be the disappearance of Mark Matthews. Yeah. That was before the manifest then. Oh yeah. Well, far before. The- <laughs> you wasn't manifesting shit back then. <laughs> Except for problems. Like I manifested a jail sentence. But you know what's crazy is once I did understand the laws of attraction, I looked back to the things that happened to me. I realized how much I did bring them on myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you did. I mean, you did attract that. You were doing yeah, the shit that gets it. And I, I, I feel similar when I when I first sold marijuana. I then sold cocaine. But you know that was like my progression for me. It was like because I was dealing with quote unquote criminals uh and they didn't seem they weren't criminals to be honest when you're first when you're buying weed you know as a young kid you i was getting it off just a cool old hippie you know and right, so eventually right. you start getting more off them. you have the ability to get more and you, you start making an enterprise out of it and you're like oh this is cool i'm making money off of this really cool thing that they've been telling me my whole life is bad for me right but you right. know if they were wrong about this, how bad could they be wrong about cocaine? Hey, funny that you say that because when I would fuck with cocaine, I used to always be like, do you know how many canes are in the medical field? There's lidocaine. There's medicine. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that I'm making myself sick doing cocaine? No. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. But no, yeah, there's a there's a lot of mitigating factors you find with coke, especially when you're selling it. Because I think the first thing, and most people uh, that have done coke or at least sold it, they know if you do it for free, that you're not addicted. 
I agree. You know, <laughs> free cocaine is not addicting. Like, so then you find, so like, that's what you find out when someone hands you a line of Coke, the first one's free, you know, and you're like, Oh, cool. Yeah. That's free Coke. That's not addicting. I don't want to do more. I don't care about it. Right. Uh, and then you find out, well, wait a second, I could buy this for $80 and then sell half of it for 120. And you know what I mean? In smaller quantities. Well, that's, that's free too. (laughs) Why (laughs) damn it. That's an enterprise there. And then eventually you end up with a couple of those in your pocket throughout the night. And you're like, well, I only needed to sell 80 of them. Anyways, the other 40 bucks was profit. So I can snort the 40. And pretty soon you kind of have a justification process too, where you're like, honestly, if I just spent 60 bucks on it tonight and still made my, you know, (laughs) broke even on this other. And and then eventually it's like, you know what? I'm a fucking addict. (laughs) I'm addicted to this shit. Like I I went through, there've been times that I've gone through little phases where I might like do it more than others, but there was never a time that I was like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? Cause I would be the type of guy where like, I would do so little. I would do it. Like I would get a gram and it would last me like a month. Cause I would just do little micro ass bumps. Anytime I needed to stay up for something. Oh my God. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe a month is an exaggeration, but like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I don't know that that would make it past tonight. Yeah. I would never go through like a gram in a day ever. Right. Yeah. No, we, we, uh, we, we liked our cocaine. What what I do now is I look forward to God Coke, you know, cause that's going to be free. So it's not addicting and it's going to be good. God made wine. Don't think anybody got a hangover, do you? So if you turn some sugar into cocaine, we'll be fucked up. And no, you know, no problems. You're not, you're not going to be bitching at the birds in the morning. You know why? It's always morning, you know? And, and you know why? Because you got more Coke. We used to have this moment in the night where um, I, I would have to kind of have this bargaining system where you're like, OK, I've got enough cocaine to do one line now. <laughs> or I could do one little line now and a little line in the morning. <laughs> you know, and, and you kind of had to be, man, I don't know, because you kind of almost need that line in the morning to get up from all the sleep you lost and all, you know, all the anxiety and neur- neuroticism that you were going through. But usually the the that's how you also knew the level of addict that you were getting to be. You're like, no, nope, we're doing it all tonight. Fuck that shit. Deal with the morning and in the morning. <laughs> that was the problem with meth, though. Because after meth, you're just like, I'm going to do one line and be up for three days, tearing apart my VCR. <laughs> you can tear a lot of shit apart, but you can't put it back together on meth. I tried oh, oh. a few times, and it just never agreed with me. Like, like what's crazy is all the shit that was really bad for me, I, I would try once and be like, Bleh. and then be like, yeah, I was good on it. Right. I was that way with uh, downers, like uh, somebody had me do Oxycontin. They were like, this is the shit, man, but you got to crush it up and snort it because they have this stupid time release thing that (laughs) I just watched a movie on. (laughs) The time release coding was actually the thing that helped make it sell all across America. But you would take that off, you'd snort it. And and then he said, do one as well. So I snorted one and that kind of got me feeling one way. And then I ate one and that got me feeling another, another way. This was early on when I was a young kid 
and stupid enough to be tattooing at the same time. So right oh, then somebody walked in. I thought it was going to be one of those just slow ass Thursday night, nothing happening. So I did this and then somebody walked in. So I'm like, all right, I wasn't feeling bad. And honestly, I wasn't feeling bad at all, except every 15 minutes on the minute, man, it was like an imam or whatever. It was every 15 minutes, my gut would turn over and I wanted to vomit. And I would just have to go over this like six second, you know, right, but right. I always hated morphines and stuff like that. Honestly, now I, I do enough coffee. I think it's, it's easily comparable to cocaine with the amount of coffee that I, that I consume. <laughs> I don't know that there's a lot of different and the health benefits I, I think are probably easily as detrimental. Right. Right. I wonder if they'll ever legalize everything, you know, like, like Mexico style. But is in Oregon right now? Like, Oh, were they pushing for that? No. Yeah. I thought in Oregon, like most drugs are, or if not all drugs are pretty much fucking decriminalized. I, yeah, I know that. That place gets crazy. We got a friend that tattoos out there and he, he um, man, he says it's uh, that the, the junkies and all that are pretty bad. Sometimes it, with legalizing, though, you can get rid of the stronghold somewhat. I mean, not yeah. like it's an overnight thing, but other countries have seen some some. Uh, some success with legalizing all, all drugs and then making rehabs free and accessible. Whoa, wow. That's a different. They were having a huge problem with it, and that's what they worked on. I, don't know, I mean, sometimes holistic things work. <laughs> you know, you know. Right, right. Sometimes the healthy I'm thing is the healthy about, thing. Yeah, I'm all about holistic shit. Like, I, I, I prefer Far East type medicine, bro. Things that have been around for thousands of years, herbs and things of that nature, compared to some, some um, pharmacy for profit shit. So when you look at that on a societal level, you can kind of see the the if if I'm having a war on drugs and the only thing that's happened is my war on drugs has gotten bigger, then I'm not having this war the proper way. Yeah. Something about this war is wrong. As a matter of fact, maybe maybe I should be having peace on drugs or something, you know. <laughs> maybe I need to have a whole different mindset in how I think about this because this is not working. It's actually setting up um, uh, the profit for criminal enterprises. You know, I, I feel that way about prostitution. I guess some sometimes the most I feel like uh, if prostitution were legal and in places where prostitution is legal, it's slightly harder for starting out criminals. It, when I was in, in jail, uh, I, I made some friends that, were crack dealers and uh i was really interested in their life like i'm always interested in a lot of shit but these guys explained to me uh on the line while we're cooking everybody food because we're all they probably would have beat my ass and yeah but we're all on trustee floor you know like right. i made it we're all like no one's fighting on trustee floor because you're getting time you're getting uh, yeah, day no, for day no, or whatever and you get all the food you want you get everything Yes. And as soon as you fuck up, you ain't coming back and yeah. you could get flopped, all kinds of stuff. You, you could, you know, not make parole or whatever. So everybody's really cool. And we're in there. Wow. That was that was all like they had the psychology broken down in such a fashion right. <laughs> that it wasn't yeah. that they had been told this. This is you know, I mean, this wasn't their learned experience. 
so much it was was a shared experience and something that you get is an education when you are selling marijuana and it probably shouldn't be criminalized, but it is. Uh, And so you end up as a small offender in with people that really have Rico statutes going on in their minds, you know, because the next thing was you're going to need guns to protect yourself. So you're going to want to have a line on guns and you're probably going to want to sell guns illegally if you can get guns cheap enough because that's going to make you more money so now you're prostituting girls you're selling crack and you're selling guns yeah you're a walking rica statue there's Hmm? points and times in my life i was involved with all of that with the exception of prostituting females oh shit right on yeah no fun i mean it certainly uh it certainly manifests where you ended up huh yep I manifested there too, I think. And it wasn't until, until I got in there that were you uh, working as a tattoo artist before you went to jail? No, actually the, well, yeah, I mean, man, I was a scratcher on the streets and then I got locked up and then I was just like, man, if I can do it, I was like, I, I might as well kill time with it in here. And, you know, like, obviously you eat real good when that's what you're doing in there. And then, like, I was pretty decent at it. So, like, even when I would get caught by the guards, they would be like, oh, shit, you're not fucking him up. All right. right. Well, he got until the end of my shift, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Right. And they, they yeah. Write me up. And then it got to the point that when I got out, I was like, well, fuck, if I did it every day in there, I should do it every day out here. So I went and fucking bought one of those stainless J superior sets and fucking <laughs> found my way into the worst fucking shop in Sacramento history and fucking started tattooing. And what's what's crazy is even in the beginning, bro, as a shitty tattooer, just because I had decent script, I was making like a thousand bucks a day back in fucking oh like the early nineties, bro. Well, maybe That's not awesome. a thousand bucks, but maybe not a thousand bucks consistently every day, bro. But but like anywhere between like six hundred to a thousand, like within my first couple months of tattooing, because I had such a decent name on the streets that once people knew where to find me at a shop, they were like, "Oh yeah, go over there. He's dope with the names." Did that did tattoos then open up a whole new world because of the um, ability uh, and the the resources that you found then basically the ability to make money and generate your own money without having to do criminal enterprise that yeah, that had to open up a lot of other keep it real at the time I wasn't a tattooer bro I was a criminal so like all it was was a way for more dots to connect and like because I'm doing tattoos with people you get to know them pretty good you know what I mean like you get to read yeah. people pretty good. And then, you know, like you would choose who to fuck with or whatnot, you know, but yeah, <laughs> like it actually in the beginning, it made it kind of worse. I mean, it did make it better, but it made it worse. It gave you more ability to to uh, work deals out and find unscrupulous characters. Yeah, bro. <laughs> there was a point in time. Yeah. There was a point in time that the tattoo shop that I owned. One of my buddies that got busted by the feds got bailed out came to my tattoo shop and showed me pictures that they had of um, him and some people standing in front of my tattoo shop. Like they were watching it then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. There might be something going on there. Yeah. But I mean, that was long. <laughs> right. I, I feel like I, 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 I sometimes wonder what drops the ball so regularly because I, I've at least it used to be. I mean, not as much anymore. Now everybody fails college and they go into tattoos. It used right. to be everybody failed at life, ended up in jail, and then found tattoos. 
yeah, yeah. man it, it's funny that you say that because i used to like the way i would look at tattooing like i would always ask people what got them started and then when it would be something like for me like the way it came about tattooing chose me everybody from my neighborhood kept hitting me up to tattoo them until i finally did you know and like right and uh, so i kind of feel like tattooing chose me and sometimes when i hear of other people's stories i would almost be like what tattooing didn't choose you or you know what i mean like <laughs> me went to school like man where the right. fuck i'm from tattooing is all the fuck you can do in life to fucking get by <laughs> Had I known that tattoos was a viable option or it could be as, as beneficial, if I had any idea at any point in my life, I would have gone this direction. You know what I mean? I don't know if I would have taken the time and uh, helped legalize marijuana for everybody. Right, right. <laughs> if, uh, that's why I like to call myself. Since there was a war on drugs and it was a drug crime at the time, I feel that I was a prisoner of war. And now... The uh, the political winds have shifted and everybody sees it my way. I feel like I've been vindicated, like I'm a I'm a bona fide, you know, like celebrated martyr style hero of the of the um, pot legalization effort. Well, man, you know what? So like my very ever first charges were all possession for sale of weed charges when I was younger, like and I would catch county time. But the way I look at it, man, we live through the prohibition of marijuana, bro. Like we're fucking, we're, we're, we were moonshiners. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before it was cool. Before they had TV shows about it. Do they, yeah. they probably do have marijuana TV shows. Don't they? Do oh, they yeah, not have a uh, bud master yet or. Huh? <laughs> Stink master. How much does your weed smell? Hey, you were on there with tattoo baby. The first time she was on there. Right. I was on there the yep. second time yep. with her. Yeah. What was what was did you and her get along? Wasn't there a, or was it you and um Sarah that had beef? Nah, man, me and Tattoo Baby were cool. And then, you know, uh, there was just one day that she uh, she started talking shit about the tattoo that I did. And I was like, man, you didn't even see the tattoo that I did. So I felt like she was doing whatever the producers are probably telling her to do. And I was like, man, don't do that. That's ugly as fuck. And then, like, right. she just, it, it turned into a big argument on the, on the uh, you know, in front of the cameras and everything. And, of course, they blew it up. And then just after that, I just, I, I, I didn't really fuck with her. All right. Uh, then then it was uh, Twitter got involved or something, I'm guessing, huh? Right, right. And then, um, but after that, uh, when she, uh, when she made the finale, well, she made the finale on your season, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, like when with her, uh, I saw her at the finale and I told her, I was like, look, man, your back piece was probably like, I basically told her, I was like, man, the judges should have given you better props. Like just to let her know I wasn't mad about shit. You know what I mean? Like, right on. Yeah. Be shit. Right on. Glad to hear it. Unless we actually know the people we, we don't know whether it's just a character that TV's painted or what. So at the end of the day, bro, I look at all of us as like a big fraternity. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's somebody that I've never met, like if I run across you and I recognize you from the show, like, Hey man, what's up? I got a handshake and some conversation. Right. for you. Yeah. I feel like, um, the casting agents did a good job. Right. They're the casting company, whatever, you know what I mean? They picked some interesting people. Best yeah, ink was okay, but DJ Tamby had to go on Ink Masters to to be remembered. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was story. our best ink. I think he almost won it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he came he came in second. Yep. Teresa Sharp. Yeah. They had yeah. better I'm I don't know about better artists, but man, is she ever a good artist? Yeah. And he's yeah. he's amazing. I felt like the talent pool. I feel like uh, in the especially if you compare with the early season of Ink Master, I feel like Best Ink had the better talent pool. But I feel like as every season has gone on for Ink Master, bro, like it's just more and more heat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They they knew what they were doing, and I think they had a better TV um, uh, network to work for that wasn't holding them back, maybe or, or asking them to create other things before right. it was you know i think i feel like you were probably on a much more pure version of ink masters than myself i feel like when i watched three to four i noticed that the production not just the production values like got more but also the producers themselves so i feel like the set looked nicer they spent more money on right. the initial pictures so i know that they're also spending more money on on, on the staff. Right. 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 So they're right. going to get people that are better, that are from, uh, we had a girl from the real world, you know, that would used to work on the real world. They're going to get this better talent who are going to be able to control the situation better, you know? So I, I feel like yours was like, probably had a bunch of people that wanted to control the situation, but maybe they didn't know how as well. Right. Right. Yeah. They, they, man. Cause it was like, I don't know about your season, but in our season, it's almost as if like almost any um, conflict uh, uh, aside from anything involving K Cutter was pretty much manufactured. You know what I mean? Like, bro, cause we all got along fucking pretty well. Really? Right on. Yeah. But Cutter, Cutter was, was in there to be the, the heel. Right. Right. And he, I mean, he played his part. He did it well. Right. How'd you guys get along? Me and Cutter got along fine. I never had any issues with him. You know, it kind of surprised me. Uh, Jesse Smith said him and Cutter got along great, too. Yeah, they did. They did. They were road dogs, lightweight. Right, right. Like they, So, wait, you were also there then. Were you there when Jesse got drunk and yep. puked yep. everywhere? Yep. What's your version of the story? Was he naked in the hallway like Vern Troyer pissing in, the, in prison in the yep. garbage can? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I remember him, them having a video of him bent over on the couch with his pants down or something like that. And then um, oh, what else? Uh, yeah, bro. They Because of his hangover, they postponed filming for a day. <laughs> oh, that pissed him off. You, you know, I mean, I mean, that's that's like what? At least 16, 17 uh, people. That, yeah. that didn't work that day, you know, sound and camera. I mean, I'm sure they did shit. Like they, they probably just had us do like off the little side fucking interviews between scene things. But as far okay. as actually like doing the whatever we were supposed to do that day, like yeah, right. That was shot. Now yeah. what happened? He wanted. I, I heard he wanted to try and keep up with Clint and Steve. Steve Teft. And Clint yeah, I, I can't remember because I wasn't drink, bro. Like I, I didn't really drink. You know what I mean? I, I drank that season, but like I've never really been a drinker. So when it came, bro, and I knew like anybody in that house could drink me under the table. So I sure the fuck wasn't going to get involved in no drinking games with anybody. But uh, Jesse, I guess thought he thought he was gonna. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it, when you, you know, when we watch on the TV, we never really get an idea of size and shit, right? right. You're yourself. You're like six two, six three, right? Yes, sir. K Cutter is like six five, six seven. Am I wrong? Nah, he's not that tall. I'd say he's probably like he's probably like six four, six five. Okay, right on. And then um, Jesse Smith is like three foot two. Or- yeah, he's probably like a solid five eight. <laughs> right on. So, like to me, like sometimes when you see the like, like people are always surprised to see me. First thing I was, they always throw out a little backhand and compliment, or not even complimenting. They're just like throw a little shade right away. Like, oh, I thought you were bigger. Like, fuck you too, man. I don't yeah. know you from <laughs> nobody. I'm sure you don't get it because you're actually big. You're like the size that I imagine they think I, I am. You know, <laughs> like I think they all think that I'm going to come out like that. Um, it's like, no, it's just those judges are super short. So they make me look like a giant. Yeah, that, oh, I never even tripped off of that. They are all short as fuck. They're all like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, right. Uh, Navarro's the tallest one, and he's wearing three-inch heels. Yeah. <laughs> Four <laughs> vans and shit. Right. And then I like to look at the way that they um position them sometimes in the promos, because I know a lot of this stuff has a lot of thought behind it, you know? And I like the way that they'll 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 change the heights of of the um, stars to be more. Likewise, Dave is ju- usually also taller. And I wonder if that wasn't a plan from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, well, Dave has to kind of be taller because he's Dave. <laughs> he's got to do Dave things. But that was part of the judge casting call. Must be shorter than Dave Navarro. <laughs> right. In, in Imagine if there Doc, wasn't something to that too. Doc Martens. I, I want, I'm trying to think of any times that they uh that they would because like who is a tall Tony Kundal was Hundal was kind of tall. I wonder how that. I wanted to go back and watch episodes now and see how far away they had tall guest judges. How far they had them stand away from Navarro. Or, uh, or how, how they framed their faces, you know, or what they raised their chairs to. Uh, yeah, it's a stupid thought. It, it doesn't deserve any thought anymore. But now I'm all curious about it, so I'm going to go back and look. The effect have being on that side of TV has on us, though. Like, tell me you don't look at TV analytically all the time now. Oh, yeah. No, and you'll hear some stuff, too, that you're like, that sounds like a producer told you to say that. Yeah. Oh, fat. You know, that sounds like a sound bite. You know, some people talk in good sound bites. Uh, General J. That guy's a hundred percent sound bites, you know. Oh, I mean, like yeah. some people are that, but then other people you can kind of tell when they're like, that's like manufactured. Someone took your idea and they shrunk it for you. And you just right. said it. Like you practiced it and said it. You can almost tell because you can tell they don't have like a conviction when they say it, and there'll be like an edit kind of right on the end, you know, because they're gonna go on and say something more. Yeah, did, yeah. did they do that with your show? Did they uh did you catch times? when they made it appear as though you're fighting with one person or uh, what oh, you said. Numerous you're... times, numerous times, bro. Uh, they, uh, yeah, I saw my, man, I saw myself have like three conversations that weren't conversations I had with that person. They spliced in something that I was saying to this person and made it look like I was talking <laughs> to this person while they were talking to somebody else, like all kinds of shit, bro. Like there was a lot of hocus pocus going on in my season. So now what, what do you watch now? Or do you, you don't really watch much TV. Not at all. 
right on. I was wondering how it's changed what you watch, but I'm like, I bet you don't watch anything. Yeah, not, man, if I watch something, bro, it's usually a sporting an event, a sporting event or, you know, a fight, you know. Right. Like, yeah. Well, if you ever want to watch something, I'll give you some hints. <laughs> something good to watch is Married at First Sight. Enjoy it. There's, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I feel bad about enjoying it, but these people get married and they ain't never seen these people before. Oh, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Oh, yeah, it's fucking great. Hey, I'll tell you something. Because one watch. of them's did guaranteed watch, a train wreck. Did yeah. you watch Squid Game? I, I, I had a, no, I had a lot of people telling me I should, but I haven't. It's Bro, worth it. Like, huh? that, was, that was probably one of the last things that I watched. And the only reason I watched it is because first I started hearing about it from everybody. And then one day my son, I, and my son knows I'm really discriminated about what I watch. He was like, hey, dad, you should watch this show. Like, it's it's a trip. He was like, you get through the first episode. The first episode's kind of dry. But after that, it picks up. And, and, but he goes, but you need the first episode to build why it is. And I was like, all right. right. So I watched it. And man, like there was some surprising shit. Like, like I feel like something that's good, any anything that's a good piece of art will make you feel some kind of way. And there was a few episodes that when the episode was done, like I felt some type of way. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, yeah. that. And there's so many fine art references in certain still frames through the entire season as well. Like, like what they pay homage to art yeah, throughout bro, like, so, decades or some shit. Yeah, bro. The, like the there's this little house thing that they all walk into with stairs and shit, bro. And it looks dead on that MC Escher fucking uh, oh, right stairways on. staircase uh, fucking yeah. or art that he has. Which I think he did more than once too. I, I feel like he did different versions of it. Yep, yep. But he was all into reprinting more than he was into um, making a, a bunch of uh, one-offs. Right, right. So when you were getting, uh, when you were on the show, you were already training towards a UFC or a MMA oh, yeah, career. Was, yeah, were you already? Time, by the time I was on the show, I had already. I've only fought twice since the show. Before the show, I had like twelve fights. Oh, right on. Yeah. So, do you think that stalled your career, or it gave you a different direction? Or, yeah, it definitely uh, gave me a different direction. Well, so what happened is as soon as I came off the show, I caught a pretty big opportunity for a fight. I fought for a championship in a local promotion against a local guy who had made it to the UFC and Strike Force, all those uh, yeah. top level fight leagues. And I lost, but I put up such a good show. Like it was a controversial loss. And like yeah. I put up such a go good showing that I was going to get an immediate rematch with them. When I was training for that rematch, um, I fucking tore my knee. And but like like I said, I'm not big on Western medicine. And I found out that the injury that I had would repair itself given the proper time and treatment. So I took that route. But instead what was of it you tore in your knee? It wasn't like meniscus or ACL type stuff. No, nah, yeah, it was my MCL. MCL. Tear my, yeah, it partially tear my MCL. And uh yeah, it just took it took me about a year to get it back to normal. And in that year, I hadn't been training or you know, I wasn't like I was in shape, but I wasn't in fight shape. And then right. by that time, like the whole, you know, I was I moved to New York, everything was going, how things were going out there. And I was just more focused on making money than fighting because I mean, I wasn't making a ton of money fighting by any means. 
And uh, so just the focus shifted, you know. When you were in New York, while. were you always at Frank's shop there? Or were you uh, somewhere else down, like with uh, Jackie oh, man, and Lou? I, I bounced around. Uh, I left Frank's shop in 2015, moved to Florida for a quick minute, didn't really care for it, moved back to New York. I worked at uh, some of uh, Lou Rubino. I worked at one of, uh, a world-famous shop. Uh, okay, yeah, Jackie Lou's. and Lou. Louis yep, Jack. out there in uh out there in long island and then uh from there i went to uh gentle j was opened a shop in um in okay brooklyn, yeah. Lepardi, in brooklyn. yeah i worked there for a little bit and then uh things fell apart there and i started working for uh how'd that go with you he wants to come back on here uh, I get to talk with him again. I love talking with Jay. How the, how'd that go? He told me already about how it, how it all went. How, how did your experience with uh, tattooing in Brooklyn with Bonnie Rotten and all? Man, it was a, it was a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right on. I was wondering. Um, not, not that I want you to get into names or nothing <laughs> like that. But but that's I, I was wondering he he kind of explained that it, it started going good at first and then it just took a turn and that uh, yeah. it didn't have the same kind of it didn't it's it lost its legs. Yeah, bro. Like as soon as it got its legs, it lost it. Like I, I guess it never really even got its legs because that shop struggled from the gate and that was part of the problems that that, that I was having there. And uh, yeah, just uh, was it bad yeah. walk through area too or. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no foot traffic there. New York's a motherfucker of a um, place to make anything happen. Yeah. You know, like you don't get no, you got to you could be naked on the. I mean, that's why that you see it so much. You could be naked on the side of the street to make something happen. That still don't. Work, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, bro. You, you, like you can't you can't get people's attention. They won't look at you for nothing. Place. The fa- my favorite place that I worked at out in New York, would, uh, I worked at Little Mike's shop for quite a while. Addicted to Ink. I worked okay. there for, yeah. for a while. Was he on your season or was he on season one? No, nah, he was on my season. He was a cool cat, man. Little Mike, is a, he's, a solid, he's a solid dude. Right. He put on uh, the Westchester show for a little while, too, I think. Yes, sir. Is he, he's done doing that one or is he? Beyond, I'm not sure. I mean... I don't know how well with how everything is in fucking New York right now. Like I, I doubt any. Oh yeah, nothing's going on out there. Probably, huh? Yeah. They open up DC yet, or don't you know that either? Man, I don't, bro. I don't pay attention to nothing outside of my media bubble for the most part. All right, on. we're going getting ready to go there. That's why I was curious. I knew there were some truckers going out there. I'm like, don't make DC fucking worse traffic, man. It's bad enough. Yeah, fact. <laughs> Like, uh, I, I get you want to protest, but in every case, stay the fuck out the roads. I don't know. Am I wrong? I'm probably wrong. Brother, it's been good talking with you again, but I've stayed too long. I've probably said too much. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely, brother. It was fake. Thank you for having me on, man. It was good to catch up with you, bro. You as well. Take care. All right, Cal. Be safe, brother.